Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about the season finale of season four. Season four, episode 23, Graduation. Now, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> this is, I will say, I do think the best cliffhanger in the show is the one at the end of season three. But this is personally my favorite. This is crazy. I feel like we've seen them go through so much that I haven't had one of these moments in a while. But this one was really like, well, what the hell are they going to do now? What the hell are we going to do now? Like, I was like, I don't know how they're getting out of this one. And we are not left with much comfort by the end of the episode. We'll see if season five, episode one brings us any comfort. But things are not looking good for many of our heroes at this point. And a lot of their problems are because they really didn't talk to each other a lot this episode. But we'll get into it as we go. Yeah. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. On graduation day, Mystic Falls is overrun with ghosts intent on settling old scores and fulfilling their supernatural destinies. Damon's life is in danger after a ghostly encounter, while Matt and Rebecca join forces to battle a ghost determined to find the cure. As everyone gathers for the graduation ceremony and the ghosts converge, help comes from an unlikely hero. Caroline receives a touching and unexpected graduation present, and Bonnie's plan leads to the closing of the veil. Elena makes a decision about the Salvatore brothers and faces an epic confrontation with Catherine. Finally, Stefan discovers a horrifying clue to the mystery surrounding Silas. Well, more than a clue. Yeah, clue is kind of downplaying what he finds out. <laughs> we start the episode, it's hard to believe this is where we started after all we've been through, on the high school football field. Graduation is set up, but no one's there yet. There's a lot of, like, suspenseful music, wind through some pom-poms. It definitely, it's unsettling. And we see why it's unsettling, and it's because Cole is on stage at the microphone, and he says, welcome back. He said, I know we could have done this in the woods, but I haven't been on a stage in some time. I want to be on a hot mic. And so he's talking to basically the groups that were died in the Silas massacres. We see Asia of the Witch Massacre and Adrian of the Hybrid Massacre, among other people we don't recognize, but those two are the most important. Cole says it was our deaths that allowed this day to come to pass. Massacres performed in the name of resurrecting the immortal Silas. Twelve hybrids, twelve witches, the slaughter of innocents by the so-called hero protectors of Mystic Falls. They risked releasing hell on earth for their own selfish gains. And today, that's exactly what they're going to get. I love Cole leading this as though he was part of one of the massacres. <laughs> like, no, he's just pissed. They just killed you because you were wanting to kill all of them. Like you were posing an issue. Mm -hmm. And I do, I understand the witches being mad. Yes. I do. And I understand the hybrids being mad to an extent, but also like you guys were actively going against Klaus. You can't be that shocked he killed you all. Well, and also Klaus didn't really kill them in the name of Silas. I mean, that was an unfortunate. That was like a side, side effect. effect. Like, but he didn't plan that. They were just poking the bear a little too much. You just pissed him off. I don't know why you thought he wasn't going to catch you. But of course, if I'm a ghost coming back to Mystic Falls, I might as well hop on the group, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to exact revenge by myself because I don't really want to get involved. They killed me once. But I will join the group because what else do I have to do that day? Particularly if I'm Adrian who has no friends. Yeah. You see, notice how all the people who have friends don't need to waste their time on revenge. Just something to think about. <laughs> then we get one of the best needle drops we've gotten of the season. They play You Give Love a Bad Name. 
by Bon Jovi, of course. And in case it's not immediately clear why they're playing this, we go over to the Salvatore house. Lexi is dancing all alone. Stefan is sitting, drinking, jamming on the couch. BFFs. And even though Stefan's just sitting there, it's clearly the most fun he's had in months. He needed this. <laughs> like, this was all he needed, you know? He d- he's not asking for a lot. He's like, can someone just play Bon Jovi and dance? I don't have to dance, but I would like the energy of dancing around me. Yeah, that's why Lexi was a good friend for him. She's like, I don't need you to dance with me. She's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And you just kind of have to sit there and hold the bottle. And he said, great. And she said, amazing. She says, do you have a good stereo? And he says, absolutely. And she says, must be best friends. <laughs> the deal. Then Damon comes in and Stefan says, hey, Damon, help me celebrate my 17th high school graduation. Okay, let's unpack this. Number one, just like logistically timing wise. Given how often this man was on killing sprees, how did he even find the time to graduate high school 17 times? I think he only did senior year. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he was doing the full four years. But but why? He was trolling for puss. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what other answer is there? There's no other reason. It is so... 17 is such a high number. Yeah. What about high school made you want to keep going back? Like, I can see you're 160 years old. Like, things are going to get boring. Now, to me, I would be going back to college constantly. I wouldn't be doing high school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, different strokes, different folks. Maybe you go, like, once or twice. Just because, like, oh, I didn't really go to high school during the time of proms. I would like to experience that. Whatever. 17. Like, how many things did you need to experience? Yes. And the thing is, when he turned, he was 17 years old. So I get it. I get that, like, maybe when he's young. Like, when he first got out of his killing spree, sure. Yeah, he wanted to like, return to normalcy in some way. Yeah, but then once you've been to war, doesn't high school just kind of seem like a waste of your time? <laughs> like <laughs> He went, killing spree, war, high school. Killing spree, war, high school. That's been his whole life. No wonder you're fucking depressed. Yeah. It's just like, I don't understand why he needed to go 17 times. And I know this is just a random number the writers picked, <laughs> but I feel like we need to address it. Damon turns off the music and Stefan says, you remember my friend Lexi, of course. Damon says, oh yeah, Lexi, back from the dead. Goody. He's shaking in his boots. He does not want to see her. And she says, what a buzzkill. And she chokes him against the wall. So he should have been shaking in his boots. And Damon says, hey, Stefan, you're just going to sit here and let her enact ghostly revenge. And Stefan says, you eat what you sow, buddy. Lexi says, let's be very clear. Whatever time I have left here, I sure as hell don't want to waste it on you. You got me? Damon says, yeah, got it, got it. So she lets go of his throat and walks away. We get it. We've done our little bit. It's fair. (laughs) I get why you're mad. I did kill you. I own up to that. I can respect that that was annoying. I won't get in your way today. And then Damon says, so wait, if you and Rick and little Gilbert are all flesh-like and real seeming, that means something went horribly wrong when Bonnie tried to put the veil up. Like what? No one jumps on this. He doesn't speculate. They don't care. He says, you know, here you two are having Dance Party USA. And Stefan says, oh, you're right. How selfish of me to be indulging in these precious moments with my formerly dead best friend. I should be sacrificing my own happiness for the good of others, right? Then he says, I should be upstairs grooming my hero hair. We've talked about hero hair before. They always say it like we're supposed to be in on the joke. And no matter how many rewatches I watch, I can't find the reason why this is funny. (laughs) Yeah, like he says it like it's such a gotcha to Damon. And it's like, you still said hero hair that there's no gotcha that includes that phrase. It doesn't make sense. I know that like we talked about it when this phrase was first uttered. And as I mentioned, this phrase then becomes kind of a running joke. 
to the point that they almost made it the last line of the show. And I just don't get it. And it was weird enough the first time that it's like, oh, you know, someone made a weird writing choice, whatever. To double down on it in the season finale, I don't know. I don't know. Let's stick to epic, guys. They were too busy putting all their writing energy into just fantastic storytelling. And so a couple weird words snuck in. That's how it goes. And that's fine. That's a good trade-off to me, I think. Yeah, I'm willing to accept it. Damon says, are you drunk? And Stefan says, I don't know, Mom, am I? So yes. Uh, We all giggle. Stefan's having fun. Damon takes the bottle away and Lexi says, okay. (laughs) Damon says, I guess that's one way to celebrate our supernatural apocalypse. And he takes a drink from the bottle and he says, now does anyone care to hazard any guesses on what the hell went wrong? Apparently no one does care to hazard any guesses because this doesn't come up with them for the rest of the episode. And Damon doesn't even want to hazard a guess. He's like, look, you guys know me. I'm not a thinker. So I'm not going to come up with a guess, but one of you could. And I mean, look, to be fair to all of them, what they did was contact Bonnie. She contacts them back. She says she hit a snag and they can talk to her. And like, yes, they know ghosts are here. They have no real reason to believe she died. It's very reasonable to think like, I hit a snag. It's just like, oh, expression got in the way somehow. Yes, they don't know a lot about the workings of magic. I do not blame our team once they hear from Bonnie for not being worried. So we go over to Bonnie in the boiler room and Caroline, you know, pre-graduation handing out yearbooks and such. They're on the phone. Bonnie says, you know, I hit kind of a snag. And Caroline says, a snag? A snag is a bad yearbook picture. You hit a tsunami. Where are you? And Bonnie says, well, I'm trying to fix it. I'm running into some trouble. I'm just going to have to wait till the full moon tonight to have enough power to put the veil back up. And Caroline says, are you telling me we might graduate right in the middle of a ghost-filled expression triangle? Whose fault is that, Caroline? I know, Caroline, you're the one who killed the witches. Um, Sheila's watching this conversation and Bonnie like looks at her dead body and says to Caroline, you know, like maybe we should just cancel. And Caroline says, no, we are not going to cancel. Graduation is the most important event of our lives. The last ceremony of our youth. It is our rite of freaking passage. Hell will freeze over before I let anyone cancel graduation. And poor Bonnie's like, I didn't even make it to the last event of my youth. Yeah. (laughs) Like, ouch. And again, Caroline has no reason to believe this is such a hard conversation to have, but Bonnie is not doing well. Because, you know, it's emotional to be dead, I I can Mm -hmm. imagine, especially like the day before graduation. Because everyone's like, look, we made it. We did it. After all we've been through, we made it. And Bonnie's like, no. (laughs) The gag is I didn't. (laughs) We didn't. And Bonnie says, hey, can we not make jokes about hell freezing over? Like, we're not that far off from that already. And Caroline says, just promise me today is a friend day. And Bonnie says, promise, I love you. And Caroline says, I love you too. They hang up. And Sheila says, go, I'm going to make sure no one finds your body. But like Bonnie, and Bonnie says, I know, I know, I need to tell them. I just can't. They've been through too much already. And Sheila says, no, I know that. I just was going to say, make sure you say your goodbyes. Bonnie doesn't say her goodbyes. Yeah, Bonnie says, pass. Then we go over to the cemetery where Elena and Jeremy and Alaric are having lunch because Elena burned their house down. They are having burgers. They're really fucking up the burgers, Alaric and Jeremy, because they can't get them on the other side. Yeah, they've just been hanging out, not eating. So they're pretty pumped. She says, oh, no grease on the other side, huh? And Rick says, you have no idea how much I missed this. And then he says, and this. And he's drinking some bourbon, of course. Yeah, because if I'm Rick and I haven't, you know, and I'm that obsessed with bourbon and I haven't had bourbon in like a year... Oh, I'd be knocking him back. Oh, I'm going on a bender. I'm amazed he's up and walking. I would be. I would be blacked out this whole 
couple days. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm not helping you guys with Silas. That's on you all. What's he going to do? Kill me? <laughs> I'm going to drink some bourbon. Elena takes some and Rick says, hey. Jeremy says, hey, she just got her humanity back. Let her live a little. And then Jeremy reaches for it and she pulls it away. And she says, you wish. And he says, I'm dead. What are they going to do? Put me in juvie? Yeah, he's like, come on, let me drink. You guys both get to drink. And Rick says, well, then at least you'd have a place to live. Good joke. Ha ha. It's so funny that the girl who you were the guardian for had a nervous breakdown and burnt the house down with his body in it. It's so goofy. Yeah, that episode was hysterical. (laughs) Elena says, oh, you both suck. But they all laugh. And then Rick says, there it is. That smile. Wasn't sure I was going to see that again. And then Elena starts to cry. So there goes the smile. <laughs> and Lurk's like, oh, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> she says, I did some pretty terrible things. And Jeremy says, hey, no tears. If Caroline was right, we only have until tonight. We need a no crying rule. And Elena says, but the crying's good. It means I'm finally feeling something. And right now I feel happy. And she holds their hands. And then she gets a call from the grill. And she's like, oh, my God, it must be Matt. Wouldn't Matt call you from his cell, but whatever. <laughs> also, Matt's about to go to graduation. You think he's working a shift right now? <laughs> yeah. But whatever. She answers the call. She says, hey, you were AWOL this morning. And Connor's on the phone. He says, hey, Elena, it's your dead friend Connor here. Remember me? It's so funny when you hear him on the phone. He says, hello. And it's like, am I supposed to know who this is? Yeah. Like, so I think it was good that he said his name. Because imagine if he was like, it's me, Elena. And she was like, who is this? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a name. He would be so mad. Is Matt there? (laughs) Can you imagine if she was like, Connor who? Connor. I don't think you know a Connor. Oh, sorry, I always forget who you are. You were only here for <laughs> for so long, you know? You are only here for a couple episodes. That's what I call days. And you kept shape-shifting during the Hunter curse, so it's not like I remember your face from that. Yeah. Then we go out to the parking lot to check on another Hunter. Alexander comes out of Connor's old RV, and Rebecca and Matt are there. And he's explaining to them, I don't know what a gun is. He says... <laughs> A hidden compartment filled with advanced weaponry. Man has evolved from his days of throwing stones. Throwing stones. Okay. Yeah. How were you killing vampires? Throwing rocks at them? No wonder you died. (laughs) Rebecca says, there's nothing we can do for you, Alexander. So just let us go. And Alexander says, hey, I'm not holding you here. Although I have a feeling that exploding contraption will have a hard time parting with your handsome friend intact. Matt is standing on like a piece of wood that is obviously stopping a bomb from detonating. Yeah, it's got like a level on it. So I think he has to stay like still. I feel like once his weight moves, that's what detonates it. I feel like it's less about staying still than just having weight on it. Yeah, the weight distribution. Which explains why they're even here talking to Alexander. And Matt says, just go, Rebecca. I'll be fine. (laughs) How? Rebecca says, I'm not leaving you. Alexander is holding like a little jar of something. And he says, ah, the soldier, Connor. He found a way to siphon venom from a werewolf. To me, that just looks like corn syrup, what he's holding. I know probably Connor built this bomb that Matt's standing on. But looking at how shocked Alexander is by like what a gun is, like that this werewolf venom, like what if he built this bomb and it just didn't explode? That would be funny. Like it wouldn't be a crazy bluff to call if you knew he built it. Because what are the odds he knows how to build a bomb? I think pretty low. I think pretty low. But also I do think it's very likely that. Oh, Connor definitely built this bomb. Well, definitely before any of this happened, Connor, Vaughn, uh, Alexander went up and said, Hunter, 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 let's have a chat. Connor said, my thing really is bombs. I use those a lot. And Alexander said, what is that? He said, go back. (laughs) (laughs) And Vaughn said, my thing is kind of just, I don't know, being Scottish. 
I'm just kind of Scottish and sexy. That's that's my whole gig. Alexander says, I have long hair. Connor said, okay. Connor's like, I'm going to start teaming up with Jeremy again. God damn it. Connor said, Jeremy, any chance that you were anti-vampire in your death? No. Okay. Okay. I guess I'm back with them. I'm back with these two. Rebecca says, what do you want from us? And Alexander says, oh, I want to fulfill my destiny. The Brotherhood of Hunters was created for one reason. And then we go over to the Salvatore house where Damon opens the door. Again, without looking through the peephole. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. And Vaughn is standing there. And he says, oh my God, Vaughn. And then Vaughn shoots him. Which is fair. You did leave him disturbed in a pit. Fair enough. And Vaughn says, I got a message for you, laddie. Because he's Scottish, in case we forgot. He says, straight from the mouth of the witch, Ketsia. And then at the grill, Connor's on the phone with Elena and he says, we want Silas and we want the cure. Elena says, you know, I don't know where they are, so I guess I can't help you. And Connor says, well, you know who is going to need some help? It's Grandma and Grandpa Jones in town for the big graduation, along with Auntie Sue and Uncle Merck. Not Elena's family, just random people who happen to be at the Mystic Grill for graduation brunch. Yeah, first he said it and I was like, Elena has grandparents? (laughs) And then I was like, oh, (laughs) this is not hers. Yeah, he says, basically, like, everyone here at the Mystic Grill for graduation brunch, like, they're going to die if you don't give me what I want. So me, if I'm Elena at this point, I'm meeting up with each other. I'm like, listen, guys, let's all be honest with ourselves. We kind of bungled this whole cure thing. Let's just give the hunters the cure and they'll deal with Silas. Like, we should have just left this alone ages ago. Yeah, like, we don't really want to deal with Silas. I'm kind of past the point where I need to take the cure. Let's take the L on this one. Let's just give it to them. We already killed two of them. I think this is kind of fair. We kind of owe a little bit to them. that This will put the ghosts on a good side. We can just get through graduation. I mean, honestly, they should have just let Vaughn do this in the cave in Nova Scotia. But better late than never. Honestly, if it's me, I'm like, you know what? You got me here. I'm going to take the L. I'll get you the cure. Yeah. At least Silas will be for sure out of the way. But they're all a little too confident that they can just dump Silas in a lake. Yeah, even though they're just leaving him in the trunk. It's just like very, this is where they always fail is stuff like this. They always just assume things are a little too safe longer than they are. Yeah, I mean, I know it's graduation day, but like you got him immobilized last night. Like don't go to bed till he's in a lake. Yeah. And especially if you're going to put him in the quarry anyway. It's not like you have to wait till you have time to drive to the ocean. Like you're driving a little bit. Yeah. And Damon doesn't have to be a graduation. Take a day off. But whatever. Then we go back over the Salvatore house. Damon pulls the bullet out of his shoulder that Vaughn just shot. It's wooden. We can see that. One of Connor's old favorites. And Vaughn says, yeah, I borrowed it from my jarhead friend Connor. Shoots wood like lead. And Damon says, hey, come on, Vaughn. Like, I didn't kill you. And Vaughn says, no, but you did leave me alone in that well on that island where I starved to death. Vaughn's like, it's semantics and you know that. (laughs) He says, you know, there I was all alone on the other side till Ketsia found me and reminded me of my supernatural destiny. Cure Silas, then kill Silas. End of story. Ketsia's on the other side. Like, can we just kill this fucker? Like, I'm not asking that much. Like, I didn't think it was going to take 2000 years to get even this close. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? How many fucking things do I have to create to get this guy dead? And why are these high school students slowing it down? How are you being slowed down by Elena Gilbert? I made five hunters who would live forever, you know, in different forms to eventually do this. And none of you are capable of it. And now these high schoolers have beat you to it. What the hell? This is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. But while Vaughn has been giving his speech, Stefan has appeared behind Vaughn and he pulls out Vaughn's heart. Buys us a little time. Mm -hmm. 
So then we go back over to the cemetery slash grill. Elena's stalling Connor on the phone because at this point, Rick has left the cemetery. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Elena says, hey, please don't hurt anyone. I'll find Silas and I'll get the cure. And Connor says, good, get it done. He hangs up. Rick appears behind Connor and says, so you get off on terrorizing innocent people. And Connor says, yep. Connor says, that's kind of my gag. Also, who the hell are you? Rick says, I'm the guy responsible for the 18-year-old you just threatened. And Connor says, yeah, well, that 18-year-old snapped my neck with her bare hands. So <laughs> he's like, so I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> so how about be responsible for the fact that she's a murderer? And then Rick says, well, I'm also the guy who showed her how to do that. Slay. And Rick's be like, and you're also the guy that shot a teenager in the middle of a funeral. Like, let's not forget that, King. Let's not act like you're some angel. Connor laughs and says, you know, that's ironic. You must not know a damn thing about fighting if you're trying to intimidate a dead guy packing C4. Connor has a bomb strapped himself because he's already dead. It is kind of iconic. If you're already dead, you might as well make killing you like deeply obnoxious because worst case, you die again. Best case, you take someone else with you. Yeah. Rick says, this is my borough, pal. Nobody's going to blow it up. One thing about Rick that we've been missing severely is that he knows exactly how many quips to give before it becomes detrimental to your overall goal. Yeah. He knows this is his last quip. He nails it. And then Connor starts to like, you know, detonate the bomb, but Rick really quick vampire runs to get him mostly out of the way into a back closet, which there's an explosion, but everyone seems to be okay. And everyone supposedly just goes back to brunch. And everyone says, okay, anyway. That's weird. Where's my fucking Benedict? (laughs) What do you have to do to get another mimosa around here? (laughs) I'll have what he's having. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go out to the parking lot. Rebecca looks at the wires on the bomb pad. She's like investigating. And Alexander says, go ahead, sweet Rebecca. Use your vampire powers to whisk him away. I'm sure you can survive the blast of six of these automobiles. But can he? Imagine if I just parked my car in the slot and all of a sudden it's hooked up to a bomb. Be pissed. Matt says, hey, Rebecca, just ignore him. Like, think about something else. Like, graduation. What are your plans? College? Travel? Uh, Just because I'm never getting out of this town doesn't mean you shouldn't see the world. Like, I think you need to take the bomb a little bit more seriously, Matt. Let's start brainstorming some ways out of this, because there are some options. You have a Gilbert ring. She says, you know what? It's just been settled. I'm going to show you life as you've only dreamt it. We'll start in Italy. There's a lovely little church outside San Vittorio in Brienno, and she looks back at Alexander. Now, this is mean. This was their wedding church. But he's pissing her off, so. (laughs) Yeah, and Alexander says, yeah, romantic spot, popular for weddings. And then Rebecca turns back to Matt, and she says, then I'll show you the northern lights in the springtime. The Simitai Gorge from atop the Great Wall of China, every inch of the Louvre. And Matt says, China, Paris, the Northern Lights. Well, it is a date, Miss Lady. <laughs> she says, we'll see it all when we're done here because we can. We're alive. And then she looks back at Alexander. She says, we're not going to be stuck as ghosts in misery on the other side. Matt's like, yeah, and you're paying for this, right? <laughs> and look, I don't want to talk too much about logistics, but I really can't Venmo you for about 10 years. If ever. <laughs> if ever. And Alexander is tired of hearing about their little vacation plans. So he says, okay, you're done now. And he throws a knife. Rebecca catches it before it hits Matt, but she does tumble a little and she almost pushes him off the platform. So scary about the bomb for a second. But then she says, I've got you, all's good. Then we go over to the school hallway. Bonnie has arrived in her cap and gown and Catherine appears. And Catherine says, I don't think red's really your color, Bon Bon. First of all, red is her color. It looks great on her. (laughs) Yeah. But she needs a quip. Bonnie says, here I was hoping the ghost of anyone would have killed you already. Catherine says, you know, it's funny you should mention death because I'm here to collect the immortality you promised me. Now, Catherine, 
when she promised you this, this promise was flimsy at best. You not yeah. getting it cannot be a shock. And like, I get being upset, but also it's like, girl, you really thought you were going to get that? Like, you knew that was a reach. And you didn't need the tombstone anyway, so it's not like you lost anything on this deal. Yeah, like, you just took something to bargain with. And, yeah, you know, you tried. It didn't work. And I know that, like, these people who are coming back from dropping the veil aren't really after you, but maybe don't go to Mystic Falls today. Yeah. Maybe let it go. Exactly. But that's not Catherine's MO. She doesn't like to let things go. Yeah. Pawnee says, it's funny you think you're still going to get it because I told you Ketsy is the only witch who knows how to do the spell and she was a no-show. So you're out of luck. And Catherine says, see, here's the thing. I can't disagree with you. I have been feeling out of luck lately. She is just like really taking the Elijah breakup really hard. Yeah. It is funny to see because Catherine has never given a fuck about any man she's dated before. Elijah's power because she is spiraling. Well, and like, she should be so happy. She finally has Klaus off the back, it seems. But she's like, no, I need more. And she says, but you know who's been getting all my luck? My beloved doppelganger, Elena. All that luck? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, all that dead family luck? You want that? That's what I've always said about Elena is she's like the luckiest girl alive. Yeah. Her life is a dream. If you're going to pick someone to be jealous of, Catherine, Elena's not really the girl. And Catherine says, my shadow self is living a better life than I am. So if I don't get that immortality, I may just have to get rid of her altogether. Interesting to drop this shadow self term. Didn't clock it. I know. Well, it's interesting. They do some stuff here that remind us about doppelgangers and kind of the tensions between them. Mm -hmm. We don't see the twist coming at the end, but obviously they want us to keep doppelgangers at the front of our mind. And we even see a big confrontation between two doppelgangers before Mm -hmm. the second big confrontation between two doppelgangers, <laughs> but we don't know the doppelgangers when they confront each other at first. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bonnie says, did you just threaten my best friend? Because I can crush your skull without even flinching. And Catherine says, go ahead. Make your move. But then a bunch of students come in and Catherine disappears. So Bonnie's like, okay, I'll get back to her later. Yeah, Bonnie's like, I got all day. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and then I die. <laughs> so then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Elena comes to Damon's room and she says, hey, I think there's some stuff we need to talk about. And Damon says, uh, yes, we do, because they have a lot of relationship things to unpack. But he says, but first, and then he opens like three boxes. It takes him so long to get to this. <laughs> He's got it like in a box, in a box, in a box. And he shows her the cure. And he says, consider it a graduation present. And she says, Damon, I can't take that. And he says, sure you can. Looks like it might be cherry flavored. He, he, he. She says, look, obviously I want it, but that's the only one. And the hunters made it pretty clear they're willing to kill everyone in Mystic Falls until they get it. And Damon's like, I don't really care about that. Damon's like, I don't care about anyone in Mystic Falls, but you, girl. Me and who? He said, baby girl, everyone else can die. (laughs) He says, take the damn thing. I want you to. And she says, I can't and gives it back. And he says, I guess that answers the Cyrobond question, which is a great way to get that out of the way. Yeah, Because we're going to have a Delena scene later and we don't want any sire questions when we get there. Yeah. I'm obsessed with like, what if she had just taken the cure and he would have been like, anyway, are you sired to me? Which in theory, if she took the cure, she wouldn't have been, but still funny. (laughs) It's just funny. There's some creaking. Someone's walking up to the door and Damon says, you're going to help a brother out or just lurk? And it's Jeremy at the door. Jeremy says, look, Elena, you're my sister and I love you no matter what you choose. Damon says, how is it that even when you're dead, you're the bane of my existence? Damon's like, just take the fucking cure. I'm trying to be a good person. Downstairs, Lexi's looking at Vaughn's body. And she says, so the veil's down till tonight. 
he dies, goes to the other side, and what, comes back all over again? How long does that take? And Stefan says, what, they don't give you a rule book over there? They giggle. And then Lexi says, you know, you're missing the chance to weigh in on the great Elena Cure debate. And Stefan says, well, what am I supposed to do? Tell her it's her choice? Because he does that a lot. He did that a lot. Yeah. He says, because that worked so well. And then he decides to talk about David and Elena. He says, you know, it's funny. Those two are in there arguing about how to protect the world, and they have yet to address their biggest issue. The sire bond's gone. Elena's emotions are back. She finally knows exactly how she feels. And Lexi, it's Elena Shipper that she is, says, and what if whatever she feels is for you? And Stefan says, well, she's the love of my life. I'd go back to her in a heartbeat. But (laughs) (laughs) better keep that hope nice and close. You won't have it for long. Yeah, I know. He says, but if that's not how she feels, maybe that's exactly what I need to hear to get my ass out the door. Maybe I'll move to Australia, live in a yurt. This is Stefan's other great flaw this episode. He keeps telling everyone how he's going to leave town after all this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to him about that at the end of the episode. Which he says he's going to leave town all the time. He's like, if Elena doesn't want me, I'll leave town. And then guess who's still fucking here all the time? And he won't be leaving town at the after this episode either because he can't. Yeah. Lexi says cheers to that. And then Vaughn gets up. So we go back upstairs. Damon's arguing with Elena still. He says, you know, we don't need the cure for Silas. He's a calcified statue. And then he like groans because he's getting pain from his wound. And Elena's like, what's that? And he said, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, because it's like, how do you still have a wound? All you did was get shot. Yeah. She says, take off your shirt. And he says, Elena, there are children present. Ha ha ha. Trying to quip. And she says, whatever. And then she takes it off for him. And she finds a wound. She says, hey, quick question. Um, Why hasn't this one healed? And he says, mm. well, as it turns out, these bullets uh." We're laced with werewolf venom, okay? Uh, hunters are kind of dicks. His body is like a werewolf venom magnet. I know. My God, like stop getting werewolf venom in your system. It's like the one thing that can kill you. I know Klaus is there and like, you know, New Orleans isn't that far, but he's going to stop saving you. Yeah, at a certain point, it's not going to be worth the flight. Yeah. You have to learn to avoid werewolf venom. Like just stop. For most of your life, you didn't even know werewolves existed. And now you've gotten like three different werewolf fights. Are you serious? I'm starting to think you're taking advantage of me. <laughs> yeah. Elena says, oh, we need Klaus's blood. And Damon said, mm, Klaus would rather see me die. And also he's a thousand miles away sipping hurricanes on Bourbon Street. And Elena says, that wound will kill you. And Jeremy says, hey, what about the cure? And this is an interesting twist because at this point, the cure has become Chekhov's cure. Like they're talking about it too much for it not to be used this episode. Yeah. And this is an interesting point of like, hey, if you're a vampire who's dying of a werewolf fight, suddenly the human thing is actually a win. Yes. And so it's making us think about using the cure in a different way than we've been thinking about it. Because we've just been thinking who wants to be a human instead Mm -hmm. of like, what are some other uses for this or some other situations? And it throws us a little bit off whatever scent we might be getting of who's going to get the cure. Mm-hmm. because you had been talking as we went up to this episode how you were kind of worried that Catherine was in danger of being killed yeah which in a way you were right kind of did yeah but like elena is someone we're suspecting damon is not someone we expect will take the cure at all so this is like oh shoot i have to consider that like i don't know who's getting the cure i will say i did have a thought at one point i don't think i ever voiced this that maybe damon would somehow end up with it i think you might have said that because it was like you're like well it's the most unexpected one so yeah but I was also like, Damon's not going to be cured if Elena's a vampire. Like, I would see them both being cured or neither, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I had thought a little bit about Damon. So I was like, what? Yeah, do I have to consider this again? He'll be way less sexy if he's human. <laughs> <laughs> and Elena says, yeah, if you're human, the werewolf venom won't hurt you. And Damon says, and here I was so moved by your speech to save mankind. And he's like, I'm not taking that fucking cure. And then he's like, oh, it sounds like Vaughn's awake. And he starts to go downstairs. Elena says, Damon, wait. He doesn't wait. Yeah, because he's like, I'm not taking that cure. Yeah. Downstairs, Damon tosses Vaughn the cure and he says, here. And Stefan says, hey, what the hell are you doing? And Damon says, digging up Silas. You coming, Vaughn? And Vaughn goes with him because he's like, wow, I can't believe I finally got through to this guy. You didn't, King. He's like, wow, they must have felt really guilty while I was dead there. (laughs) I bet they learned something. (laughs) Then we go over to the quarry. Damon says, here we are, where I dumped Silas. Closed off to hikers, no food for animals, endlessly deep water. This is a great location. Yeah. You know, it would have been great if y'all had just done this last last night. night. Because even if you're in this situation where you have to bring it to him, like, it's going to take him a while to get down underwater. Last night, they were all just too busy, like, drinking bourbon. Which I get. You you see your friends for the first time in a while. But go just toss them in really quick. You're not going that far out of the way. Yeah, take a fun friend trip to the quarry. (laughs) But it is a good choice. If they had dumped him here, it would have been great. Vaughn says, I'm not following you. Where exactly did you put the body? Vaughn, what do you need to know? I mean, it's pretty obvious. What's not clicking? (laughs) And Damon says, "Hmm, let me see. I dragged his stone ass here and flung him in that general direction. He tumbled through those weeds and I kind of lost him on the rocks. What do you know about physics? Is it distance equals velocity times time? Guess I should have told you to bring scuba gear. And Vaughn is looking at him like, dude, what the fuck? Vaughn's not laughing even a little bit. He is like so over it today. He's like, I cannot believe I'm wasting my one day back on Earth doing this fucking bullshit. He's like, and I didn't even get a hamburger this morning, unlike those other two. He's like, I'm starved. What I would give for some haggis right now. Then we go back over to the parking lot. Alexander says, don't you two look cozy? Because I forgot to mention, I think when Rebecca caught the knife, she ended up on the board with Matt. Oh, I thought she was just holding on to him, but I think she must be on the board. She gets on the board eventually at this scene because they're basically hugging. Yeah, she gets on the board later, and I was wondering how she did that in a seamless way, so she must already be on the board. I think the knife must have gotten her on the board. Either way, it doesn't matter. She's on the board now. Because they're holding on to each other. Yeah, they're hugging. It's as close to a slow dance as Rebecca's ever going to get. Yeah. (laughs) Matt says, he seems nice. And Rebecca says, don't make jokes. I'll laugh and you'll fall. (laughs) Matt's like, you're the first person on earth that's thought I'm funny. Yeah. Matt says, hey, I'm wearing the Gilbert ring. Like, I can't be killed by anything supernatural. So maybe if you're the one who detonates the bomb, I won't die. And she says, but you will blow into a million pieces in the ring with it. So I actually don't think that's going to work. Well, the detonation thing is a weird, like, is it a weapon or is it how they die? You know, this is the tricky part of the logistics of the Gilbert ring, because I do think like by the rules of this, it would be being killed by a supernatural creature the same way that like that one vampire hit Rick with a car once. Yeah. And it's like, that's not really a supernatural death. Yeah. But I think the rules would make sense. But the thing is, is like, if he's blown up into a million pieces, like, I don't think the Gilbert ring can like have your arm find your torso. Like, I think that's pretty much it. It's like, maybe like your hand comes back to life. Like you'll come back to life, but then you'll bleed out. And then that won't be supernatural. And that's just you. This is where the rules of the Gilbert ring get a little, like, unclear. Like, maybe you'll come back to life, but I wouldn't, like, say for sure. The rules check out that you'll come back to life, but physics are what get in your way. Yeah. 
Matt says, you know, there's only one way to find out if it works. And Rebecca says, okay, the first rule of truly living, do the thing you're most afraid of. And she kisses him. And he's like, how is this related? <laughs> they kiss. It's like a very like swooping, droney shot, whatever. Uh, he's into it. He is kissing her back. Go, Rebecca. Proud of you, queen, for getting him to finally come around. You really wore him down, girl. You really did. Power. It's a victory. <laughs> it's a victory today. During the kiss, she's distracted him enough to push him off the platform. That's some kiss, baby. I know. Lot <laughs> <Lana> of tongue. <laughs> he notices and he's like, oh my God, why? And she says, I can't be killed and you can't miss graduation. So go ahead and run. And he does run. Yeah, because Alexander's just inside the RV, just hanging out. I know. Alexander is obsessed with being inside this RV. This <laughs> one of those really tiny TVs with a DVD player, and he's just enthralled. What kind of fucking hostage situation is this guy? Again, Connor has like two duds. Yeah, he really, he had nothing to go on here. And then Connor blew himself up. Honestly, I think Connor knew it wasn't going to work out today. <laughs> he just wanted to use some bombs. Yeah, I think he was like, you know what? It's clearly not going to happen for us. I can tell just by the team that's assembled. Uh, you know, I'm working with some sub players here. And I really want to go out doing something that I love. Exploding. He's like, I've always wanted to know what it felt like to explode. Yeah. To be inside one of my bombs. Yeah. He goes to the side. He's like, that sucks. It's kind of mean that I kill people that way. So then he died from the explosion and then he found peace. Yeah. He's in peace right now. Yeah. He was like, that was dope. He said, that rocks. Alexander comes out of the RV and he says, what have you done? And she says, I finally chose one of the good ones. And then she runs really fast. Everything blows up. But of course, she gets away because she's fast. Yeah. Hopefully Matt ran fast because she didn't give him a bunch of lead time. That would be funny if he just was like behind a car and exploded. It would be funny if it very Final Destination-esque, the cars exploded and just like a piece of a tire flew and decapitated him. Yeah, that would be so funny. It'd be hysterical. Not really the tone of this show. Yeah. But you just watched all five Final Destination movies, so you want to make that clear to the listeners. <laughs> just want to bring up Final Destination whenever I can. <laughs> then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena says, oh my God, we have to do something. If those hunters give the cure to Silas, and, and Stefan says, they're not giving it to Silas. He says, wherever Damon is taking Vaughn, it's a stall because Damon hasn't had time to bury Silas's body yet. That's all you need to know right now. And Elena should be like, he hasn't buried the body yet? What were you guys doing yesterday? <laughs> or this morning <laughs> you haven't been that busy damon's not graduating today elena says fine we're stalling the hunters but another problem is that damon is dying and stefan says oh my god okay it was one bullet and it was only lace we have a ton of time yeah because he's like look that guy has so much werewolf venom in his system he might as well be a werewolf already like he's taking it like vervain at this point <laughs> yeah stefan says i will go to new orleans myself and beg klaus if i have to Except he makes no move to do this. Yeah, he's not concerned. Because I think he knows he's like, look, that's obviously a Caroline job. Yeah, he's like, honestly, Caroline's going to get to Klaus much faster than I will. So I'm just going to leave that to Caroline. Yeah. Jeremy comes in and he says, so it's settled. You're going to your graduation. He's holding a cap and gown. And Elena says, Jeremy, no, I never even sent in my college applications. It's like, girl, you can go to the graduation if you're not going to college. You can still graduate. You don't have to go to college. You know that, right? Jeremy says, I don't care. Mom and dad would kill you if there wasn't a photo of you and your grad getter. Oh, what are they going to do? Come out from the bottom of Wickery Lake? Oh, no. Mom and dad are going to kill me? <laughs> they already tried to when they drove me off the bridge. 
They can't even come back when the veils drop. They were born all humans. Yeah. As far as we know. Wink. Elena says, like, Jeremy, I can't go. Not if you can't be there. Which, oh, I guess he can't be there because everyone in town thinks he's dead. Okay, yeah, that's true. Just give him a baseball cap. Well, give him a wig. Yeah. People aren't going to pay that much attention to him if he sits in the back row. But also, Jeremy's not exactly dying to go to graduation anyway. It's pretty boring. Jeremy's like, I'm going to be honest. I would rather hang out here and drink all this bourbon while you guys are gone because no one's going to notice the tiny dent I make in comparison to what y'all drink every day. Yeah, he's like, once you leave, I'm going to have bourbon for sure. Yeah. Jeremy says, Lexi will keep me company. Like, don't worry about it. You're going. And Lexi's like, which Lexi? (laughs) Lexi says, you know Bon Jovi? (laughs) You will. (laughs) And you're going to learn. She's like, Jeremy, watch me dance. (laughs) <laughs> and he says okay Elena grabs her cap and gown and she says let's go graduate and then we go over to graduation Caroline is on the phone with Klaus she says Klaus now is not the time for you to decide you're over me okay I'm gonna call you every 10 minutes so you get your ass here to save Damon's life and she hangs up she's so slay for that I am obsessed with like they kind of shoe on graduation in here <laughs> they sure do <laughs> like they said it's the finale we're graduating like we need a graduation scene it's a high school show right they spend about three minutes. They said, look, we're going to get all their names read, except Stefan, he doesn't count. And <laughs> then we'll get back to it, but we have to do it. So they show up. Caroline meets up with Bonnie and she says, where is everyone? And Matt appears and he says, I'm here, I'm here. She says, where have you been? And Matt says, you know, making plans for the summer, dodging death by Vampire Hunter. They don't ask any follow-up questions. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Bonnie says, where's Elena? We can't do this without her. And then Elena arrives with Stefan. She says, I'm here. She hugs Bonnie and she says, thank you for today. And Caroline says, I cannot believe we're actually all here together, except for Tyler. And also Bonnie is dead. <laughs> and Bonnie's like gulping. <laughs> yeah. Bonnie starts to cry. And Caroline says, Bonnie, are you crying? And Bonnie says, it's our last hurrah before you guys go off to college. Caroline says, before we go off to college. And Bonnie's like, no, I was right the first time. No, I know what I said. <laughs> it was purposeful. Elena says, oh, yeah, I kind of sort of missed the deadline, you know, being an emotionless bitch. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I wouldn't expect you to be applying to colleges, even if your emotions had been on. I mean, let's be serious. If anything, the emotions being off might have helped you. Can you imagine what Elena would have to write in her college personal statement? It'd be like, right about a time of hardship. She'd be like, where do I fucking begin? How do I explain she just sends them a bunch of newspaper clippings. Just a bunch of obits. These are all my family members, by the way. It <laughs> just says, hey, you get it. This is enough, right? Check the last one. That's my brother. He's younger than me. And then my house burned down mysteriously. Don't ask the US and investigators what happened, though. It's not their business. Caroline says, well, that's the perks of being a vampire. Like, we can go wherever we want to go. Choose our roommates, get a triple room. As always, slaying the vampire game. Yeah, Caroline's like, it doesn't matter where you turned in. You can get into whatever school you want to go to. She said, I applied because I, you know, can get in and I did. Oh, yeah. But you don't have to. What's like, kind of about Caroline is she definitely turned to college application. And like, if she didn't get in, she would have compelled her way in anyway. But she yeah. just wanted to do it just to prove she could because she's slay. Well, and that's the thing about this graduation. Caroline's the only one who I believe has actually done enough to graduate. Everybody else... Like, I feel like the guidance counselor was like, look, obviously you have to retake like four classes in summer school and I'm going to let you walk because I feel like that's fair to you. Yeah. Imagine Elena went to the guidance counselor and they're like, you're failing a lot of classes. And she's like, 
And he guesses why? And they're like, yeah, you can walk. It's okay. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Just take the diploma. I, I feel like you don't need to be here anymore. Yeah. This can't be good for you here. You need to get out of this town. Bonnie says, you know, I'm happy we're all here. Because she doesn't want to talk too much about the future she's not going to get to participate in. Yeah, she's being very active. Like, what a great day for us to be together today. <laughs> like, trying to be like, I'm not going to be here for a while, but I don't want to tell you guys that. So I'm going to be subtle AF about it. Mm -hmm. Caroline says, group hug. And Stefan says, I don't hug. And Caroline says, get over yourself. She's so right for that. And then we go to graduation. Rudy is on stage. Uh, We haven't seen him in a while. He is emceeing the graduation. He says, welcome, parents, family, and friends. It's a beautiful day for graduation. Everyone cheers. He says, thanks for joining me upon this special day, celebrating grads, blah, blah, blah. He starts to read names. We get a few random names thrown in just so that they're not all right next to each other in the alphabet. Yeah. He says, this one graduate I'm like especially proud of. It's my daughter, Bonnie Bennett. Bonnie comes up and they hug and he says, congrats. I'm really proud of you. And she says, thanks for everything. He's like, you dead right now? They call up Matt Donovan, Caroline Forbes, Elena Gilbert, blah, blah, blah. And then once our main characters have gotten their names read, Cole decides to (laughs) pop up. He says, I'll let you guys get through your names, but only because you're all at the front of the alphabet. If there had been anybody below J, I wouldn't have done it. So Cole appears behind Bonnie and he says, greetings, little witch. And she says, I thought Stefan got rid of you. And Cole says, yeah, he did. And I spent the night crawling out of a cement grave. Slave Stefan to put him in a cement grave. And slave Cole to get out in one night. Yeah. Kind of iconic behavior from both. (laughs) Respect where it's due. And Cole says, isn't that the witch your friend Caroline killed? It's Asia. It is. And then Cole says, and over there, that's my hybrid friend, Adrian, also dead. In fact, these seats are scattered with two dozen supernatural faces, all of whom have reason to lash out since their lives were sacrificed in order to make your expression triangle. It's pretty funny because they're all interspersed throughout the grads. None of them in caps and gowns. No disguises. It's like, who's letting you all sit here? Yeah. Why don't you guys sit with the family? Imagine I'm sitting in the back, you know, haha, it's graduation day, woohoo. And someone not in a cap and gown sits next to me who looks like an adult woman. I'm like, do you go to our school? I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> They're just glaring in the distance. I'm like, okay. Are you going to kill us all? Excuse me, I have to go get my diploma. We're all kind of in alphabetical order here. And then Cole says, you know, all they're waiting on is word from me. And Bonnie says, the veil's going back up tonight. Don't you have anything better to do than harass me and my friends? He says, no. She says, I only have one day. I mean, I got to get my revenge when I can. And I still won't be able to do it. I'll take too long. Yeah. He (laughs) says, that's the thing. I don't want the veil to go back up. In fact, I want you to drop it completely so I and my fallen friends can live. Time to pay the piper. And then Cole, like an idiot, follows Bonnie to a secondary location. Yeah. This is like textbook what not to do in life. Especially like, look. She has never remotely even said she's on your side. And she didn't even have to lie about being on his side to get him to this room. And he just said, like, oh, they're all waiting on, like, a go message from me. So you're going to leave them all? Yeah. Dumb. This is why Cole got killed. Yeah, there's a reason he got killed by fucking Jeremy. Of all people. That's embarrassing. Like, not to be that person as a Jeremy stand, but come on. So they go to the boiler room. Where Bonnie's body is at the moment. Bonnie says, you know, the Cole I remember was really against hell on Earth. And Cole says, yeah, I was, but then I went to hell. And now I want to be back on Earth. So I changed my mind. <laughs> people change, people grow. And then he notices her body on the ground. He says, hey, what's that? And he's like, damn, that dead girl looks a lot like you. <laughs> she says, yeah, that's me. I died last night. 
I'm a ghost. And the thing is, I want the same thing you want. I don't want to be on the other side with unfinished business. I want my parents to see me off to college. I want to decorate my dorm room with my best friends. I want to stay here more than anything. And Cole says, all right, well, this works out great. Let's team up. Let's do it together. And then he runs into some barrier. He says, now, what have you done? Well, what do you think? And she says, this is going to hold you until dark when the veil is back up and this town will be rid of you forever. And Cole says, but what about what you just said? And she says, oh, all of that's true. But we don't always get what we want, do we? She's like, but sometimes life just isn't fair. Yeah. Particularly to me. Yeah. Largely to me. And to you, I think it's been pretty fair considering the energy you're putting out. Yeah. You're putting a lot of negative energy out. And I think it's okay that you get some back. I do. Yeah. Then we go back over to the quarry. Vaughn and Damon are like starting to head down the waterfall or Vaughn's trying to. And Vaughn's like, hey, what's wrong? And Damon's like, "Mm, can't swim. (laughs) At least I think that's who says it. It's unclear who says what. I think Damon is saying all of this in a fake Scottish accent to be like, oh, ho, ho, it's an issue. I can't swim. Like making fun of Vaughn because Vaughn is just like hesitating. That was my read on it. I couldn't tell who was saying what because it does sound vaguely Scottish. No, it was a good Scottish accent is the issue. So it was Too confusing. Good. Ian Summerholder, rain the skills back, King. Rain the skills back. He wants that Emmy and he deserves it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he He's doesn't fine. really. He's doing okay. He's no need to grab. <laughs> Just to show that we're not giving Emmys to everyone. I'm not rooting for him to get an Emmy for this. The only people who should be getting Emmys are Nina Dobrev and Joseph Morgan. Let's be totally completely honest here. Yeah. Everyone else is doing a great job. Everyone else is doing great, but it's an Emmy. <laughs> we have to have a floor on this somewhere. We have to make it clear that we're not just handing out Emmys because we like the show. Yeah. That, that wouldn't be very objective of us. That would be a different award ceremony. Yeah. And in that award ceremony, everybody gets nominated and Caroline wins. Yeah. I don't have my own show. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we have Emmys. Yeah. Vaughn notices that Damon is pretty weak. And he says, what happened to you? Damon's like, you shot me? (laughs) He also notices the, you know, werewolf bites start to grow onto Damon's neck. And Damon says, oh my God, well, you look at that. That is so nasty. And Vaughn says, Connor must have laced these bullets with werewolf venom. And Damon says, ding, ding, ding. You're not as dumb as you sound. (laughs) And then Vaughn shoots Damon in the leg. Because he's like, okay, let's move this process along. And Vaughn says, so this was all a lie, eh? He says, eh, because he's Scottish. Yeah. Uh, he says, you knew you were a dead man. Well, you're not getting this back. And it's the cure. Not giving that back. And he says, where'd you put Silas? Damon doesn't answer. So Vaughn shoots him again in the lower chest, obviously not in the heart. The problem with me is in this situation, if he was like, where's, where's Silas? I would literally say up your ass and to the left. Yeah, literally. Like, I would get killed because I'd do that. Up your button around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And then Vaughn says, one more jolt of toxin and you'll be dead within minutes. Where is Silas? Before Vaughn can shoot him again, Rick appears, disarms Vaughn and tosses him in the quarry and says, oops. How have they been living without Rick this whole time? Yeah, literally. Damon says, one slight problem. And Rick says, you mean this? And it's the cure. And Damon says, yes, that. Rick said, I am not an idiot, okay? I'm not just making it up as I go along like you guys. Then we go back to graduation. Names are being called. They're to the W's now. So we know Stefan has been called, but we didn't see him get called because he's graduated enough and we don't really give a fuck. Yeah, it's stupid that he's even here walking. Yeah, to be completely honest. I don't. I have not seen him in a classroom in, like, honestly, since the beginning of senior year. As the names are being called, our team, their names are done being called, so they're behind the bleachers convening. Stephanie is on the phone with Rick and Rick says, I would love nothing more than to get out of here before Vaughn comes back to life. But Damon won't take the cure. He wants it for Elena. 
And Damon, you can see him in the background, is like sitting down, like just laying there, dying. He's like, oh, let me go. I think you need to start letting him die from this because he clearly wants to. <laughs> Stefan says, just hang on a little while longer. Caroline is calling Klaus again. And Rick says, Stefan, we are past the point of Hail Mary phone calls. What do you want me to do? Stand here and watch him die or force feed him the cure? Before Stefan can answer that, there's a loud, like, staticky noise that affects Stefan, Elena, and Caroline. Pretty quickly, it becomes clear what's happening because Asia and the witches appear, and Asia says, remember us, Caroline? And Caroline's like, hi, sorry about that. If it makes you feel better, I feel really awful. Yeah, I I really didn't think it through that well. What can you do? (laughs) But then, Laos arrives and decapitates Asia with a graduation cap. I love him. And then, you know, our team sees him, whatever. And Klaus says, there's plenty more of these to go around. So who's next? I can do this all day. The witches retreat and Caroline and Klaus smile at each other. The hybrids are like, we've all been decapitated once. We don't need to do it again. Message received. (laughs) That's enough for me. (laughs) I'm going to go to the grill and get a burger. Then we go over to the Salvatore house where Damon is better now. And he's gotten out of the shower. Um, Elena comes to his room. She says, hey, you feeling better? He says, yeah. All healed up, fresh as a daisy. She says good, and then she slaps him. And downstairs, Lexi says, ouch. And Rick says, I taught her that swing. And Stefan says, you know it's not polite to eavesdrop? I don't give a fuck what's polite. I'm listening. Also, because they're on the other side, they're used to eavesdropping and watching stuff all the time anyway. Why would they stop now? Yeah. Lexi says, I'm short on time here. Don't rob me of what little joy I have. And then Elena comes downstairs and says, has anyone seen Jeremy? And Stefan says, oh, he went to see Bonnie. Rick says he'll be back before, well, you know, he won't be. He lied. Elena says, hey, Stefan, can I have a moment? And they go off. Hey, Stefan, can I dump you right quick? (laughs) Again, even though we're not dating. (laughs) Lexi says, this could get interesting. Rick says, usually does. Because, you know, these two are both eavesdropping on this all the time. Yeah. They've probably been sitting in these seats on the other side, like, for months. And they don't even know each other there. Yeah, because they're just enjoying it. And Lexi says, so, the other side. Not exactly a party, is it? And Rick says, I've lived better. Lexi says, you know there's something else out there, right? There has to be. Silas's whole agenda was to find peace with his one true love, and whatever peace is, it's out there. I figure once we've served our time for all the bad things we've done, then it's just about letting go, moving on. So this is our first kind of discussion of what peace is, how do we get there, based on Lexi's assumptions. Yeah, we haven't really discussed it in a while. We've been really other side focused as of late. Do you think Lexi's assumptions seem correct? Like, do you think that's what peace is kind of all about? Do you think it exists and it's just about like kind of doing the time? I mean, it's wishful thinking because you want to not be on the other side forever if it's just you by yourself watching people. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think it's probably true because they keep mentioning it. But also if I'm on the other side, I would be thinking this anyway, just to, you know, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Gotta be optimistic. And I think there has to be another place because otherwise it's kind of rude that, you know, Jenna's not popping in to say hi. And I find it hard to believe Isabel wouldn't have some shit to say. Yeah. It is funny that if there's a piece, Isabel definitely found it. <laughs> She's such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, she had no issues with how she acted. She said, I'm heading to peace, baby. No, that was all good with me. No complaints. She's like, I lived a great life. I slayed it every day of my life. Until I burned in front of my biological daughter. That was really the piece de resistance. (laughs) 
Rick says, well, how are we supposed to move on when the knuckleheads we care about can't seem to get their lives straight? Wait for them to die, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of all you got. <laughs> then we go check in with Stefan and Elena at their conversation. And Stefan says, so what's up? Because you can tell Stefan is like, this is either a I actually love you conversation or I'm so sorry, it's not you conversation. But actually, it ends up being a secret third thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, she says, to be honest, I just wanted to thank you for like sticking by me when I was at my worst, believing that I was still in there. Even after everything I put you through, you never gave up on me. And he says, well, I kind of owed you one because I did almost, you know, drive you off a bridge once. Who could forget? <laughs> and she says, uh, here, it's yours. I want you to have it. And it's the cure. She's handing him the cure. Everyone's just handing this out willy nilly. No, not even a concern of maybe we should give it to Silas. Like maybe we should consider giving it to Silas at the very least. We don't have to come up to the decision right away, but let's put that in the lineup of options, perhaps. Yeah. But Elena says, the only person worse at being a vampire than me is you. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> bitch. Thank you. She says, human blood is your downfall. You got the raw end of the vampire deal. The rest of us will be fine. Like, we'll survive. You taught us. You deserve whatever you want out of life. You deserve this. He said, wow, you really don't want to fall in love with me because you just want me to die. Uh, so I'm dead to you. So you don't care when I die is what you're telling me. You want me out of here so you can have sex with my brother is what you're telling me. Stefan did want to be human, but like with Elena. Yeah. Like, why would he want to be human by himself? I mean, I know Elena is really dead set on the humanity thing. It just does feel like if all your friends are immortal, why do you want to be the one mortal one? Yeah. Like if I'm mad, I'm getting turned immediately. Are you kidding? But again, I'm built different. I get Matt being like, I want to be human when I graduate. The second I walk across that stage, I'm like, give me some of that blood. Turn me. I'll go to Europe. Like, I don't want to get old while everyone else stays young and sexy and has fun. I'm compelling people. If anything, I'm going to hang out till like 22 or 23. Let me come into myself. Yeah, pick an age. But I'm going to have vampire blood on retainer. I'm becoming a vampire. It's just a question of when I choose to do it. Which, again, I would have chosen some while ago. Exactly. I'm going to have vampire blood in my system so that should anything happen, I'll be okay. And then at a certain point, someone's going to snap my neck for me. Yeah. Or put vampire blood in my system when I feel like doing something a little crazy. Like... Would it be kind of fun to jump off a building? Maybe. Maybe I want to cause a little bit of a scene. I don't. <laughs> Maybe I want to drastically change the course of someone, of a group of friends' lives. Yes. <laughs> and then turn into a vampire. And then turn into a vampire. That's both worlds. Celebrate my 25th birthday. <laughs> then we go over to the stadium. Caroline is cleaning up or something. doesn't really matter because Klaus approaches. And I was like, the second they came in as a kiss. Yeah, you thought this was going to be your Claroline kiss. I'll be waiting forever. To be honest, I thought I was reaching with a kiss for this, but I felt like I had to say it to manifest it. It didn't work. It was worth a shot. Caroline says, how'd you get here so fast? And he says, I was already on my way. I received your graduation announcement. So she sent him a message and he came love well it's smart to send him a message because yeah he could send some money he's got it he says it's very subtle i assume you're expecting cash she says that or a mini fridge mogul mindset if you have a rich dude who's obsessed with you 
why are you not sending a graduation announcement? You might as well try. If I'm Elena, I'm sending him one because I think the least he can do is send me 50 bucks. Yes, I feel like if I'm Elena, I'm like, come on. Like, I've been really cool about how you killed my aunt, but a couple thousand bucks would be pretty nice. Yeah. Klaus says, you know, I considered offering you a first class ticket to join me in New Orleans, but I knew what your answer would be. So I opted for something I knew you would accept. Tyler is now free to return to Mystic Falls. Oh, boo! He basically was anyway. Come on. I know. I know we just needed a reason for Tyler to come back. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, like, Klaus learned, like, he needs Caroline to get to this decision on her own, and kicking Tyler out of town obviously isn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then he says one of the most iconic Caroline lines in the whole series. BTW, you'll be seeing edits of this on your Explore page for the rest of your life. I'm shocked I haven't seen an edit of it yet. I'm shocked you hadn't either. When I watched this scene, you know, prepping for recording, I was like, this is the most iconic scene. I can't believe it's this late into the show. This is like one of the most iconic Caroline scenes in the history of Vampire Diaries universe. Well, because I have to assume we're, uh, we're going to get fewer and fewer of them. We'll see. You can hear my voice shake when I say that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to say it. Klaus says, he's your first love. I intend to be your last, however long it takes. Literally, Cleoline stands we're eating tonight. We're gobbling. Mmm, yummy. I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And then he kisses her cheek. And for a second, it does look like he's kissing her on the mouth. The way when he started moving his head in, I got so excited. And then I was like, huh. I was like, her lips are right there. (laughs) But he's just taking his time. And then he says, congrats, Caroline. Let's get out of here before 12 angry hybrids decide to pick a fight. They walk out together. So here's my question for you. Do you think this is the last Claroline scene we're ever going to get? No. Okay. Do you think we will ever get a Claroline kiss? I think we will. And this might be delusion, but I think, frankly, the stands will bully them into it. They will not let Julie Pleck no peace. I, I don't think they planned on getting a Claroline kiss. I think they will. I think they planned on this being the last scene. And I wouldn't be shocked if this were the last scene, but- I think they got uh, their hand forced. So when do you think we will see a Claroline kiss? And this is a multi-layered question Mm -hmm. because there are, to remind you, eight seasons of The Vampire Diaries, five seasons of The Originals. Klaus appears on both those shows, so it's not outside the realm of possibility that other people hop between spinoffs. So if we get a Claroline kiss, when do you think it will be and on which show? And we'll talk about this as we're calling it like a first kiss. Yeah. Whether it's the only kiss we get or not, TBD, but we're talking about if we get a first Claroline kiss. I do think we'll only be getting one. <laughs> I will say that. I would like there to be more, but I, I have to be realistic. I think I think even asking for one is a lot to ask of Julie Plett because I don't think she wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. I do think it's more likely it would be on the originals. But, you know, the originals has got to take some time to kind of build the world up. But at the same time, it can't be too late because then if, if it's too late, it's like, who is this girl? Why is Klaus still obsessed with her? He's been like dealing with all this other shit, whatever. I think it's more likely that it's on the originals, but I think there's going to be one on the Vampire Diaries, again, simply because their hands are going to be forced. Which episodes? I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. I'm going to set up the episode number by saying kind of how I think this is going to play out. Sure. Because obviously Tyler's going to come back. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's going to be like, "Mm, no. 
this isn't hitting the way it used to. <laughs> this this actually is not that fun for me. Plus, you know, I'm assuming we'll kind of have a summer in between the seasons. That's kind of what we're set up for. And I'll talk about that as we get into predictions. But I think all that to say, I think it'll be kind of like early to mid season five of the Vampire Diaries. Let's say episode nine. Okay. No comment on your guess. (laughs) So then we go over to the Salvador house. Damon sits by the fire and Elena comes in. We're riding the high of a Claroline scene, and we go straight to a Delena scene. And obviously, you know, it's hard to remember this. This has been a long season that's been kind of a drought without much Delena content. Because ever since that episode where he found out she was sired to him, we've had very few Delena scenes that really hit. Because anytime they're like hanging out, it's like not. It's not kosher. It's not like cool. Yeah. We haven't had something good since they went to that one party where they were dancing to feel so close. Yeah. So it's hard to actually remember how hard a Delena scene is going to hit until we're in the middle of one. Yeah. And this scene really does hit. It really brings us back full force. So Damon is sitting by the fire when Elena comes in. And Damon says, I wanted to apologize. And she says, good. And he says, let me finish. <laughs> I said I wanted to. But then I realized I'm not sorry. <laughs> She says, you would rather die than be human and you expect me to be okay with that? And he says, I didn't say you were supposed to be okay with it. I just said I'm not sorry. But you know what I really am? Selfish. Because I make bad choices that hurt you. We get back to the main thesis here. Mm -hmm. Getting it all laid out. He says, yes, I would rather have died than be human. I'd rather die right now than spend a handful of years with you only to lose you when I'm too old and sick and miserable and you're still you. I'd rather die right now than spend my final years knowing how good I had it and how happy I was because that's who I am, Elena, and I'm not going to change. And there's no apology in the world that encompasses all the reasons that I'm wrong for you. And then she says, well, then you know what? I'm not sorry either. I'm not sorry that I met you, not sorry that knowing you has made me question everything and that in death, you're the one that made me feel most alive. You've been a terrible person and made all the wrong choices. And of all the choices I've made, this will prove to be the worst. But I'm not sorry. I'm in love with you. I had chills reading that myself, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I was like tearing up. Oh, Delena stands. We are feasting tonight. We needed this. We really did. We didn't realize what kind of drought we were in until this scene. Hmm, yummy. Hmm, yummy. Hmm, yummy. It's not like I stopped being a Delena stan, but I kind of forgot what it was, what it felt like to really be a Delena stan. Yes, because it's been so on the back burner. It's not something we've been able to really invest in all season because so much else has been going on. And now it's like, now this hits. It's like, finally, we're back. I needed this today. I needed it. They said, okay, you almost got a Claroline kiss. And now we get a great Delena scene. And and now we'll just quickly cycle through the other couples uh, and just remember that you got a great Delena scene. Yeah. She says, I love you, Damon. And they kiss. It's a very beautiful kiss. Heart eyes emoji. She says, I love you like multiple times. She's like the floodgates are open, bitch. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful Delena kiss. It gets often overshadowed by other Delena kisses. And I think for good reason. I think if you are forced to rank the Delena kisses, this is at least third or fourth place over the whole course of the show. But it's really good. It makes you I mean, that's why this couple's so good. This is another one that it is insane that I have not seen even a glimpse of this on my Explore page. 
because I'm careful, but like I do see glimpses. Yeah. Like I'm shocked that this hasn't been in anything. I actually just after thinking when I said it, this is definitely probably ranked fourth. There's three that are astronomically better. You've seen two of those three. Okay. One of them is the hotel and one is, you know, in the Cyrobond episode. Yes. And there's one that is very famous that is not my personal favorite, but I do think is the most iconic, but we'll get them when we get there. But this one is also very good. Mm-hmm. Then we go elsewhere in the Salvador house where Stefan is sitting and crying. So it's pretty clear what he's been up to. And Lexi says, now who's eavesdropping? He holds her hand. Yeah, because he is in pain. This is not, not a good day for Stefan. He's like, this day. Then we go out to the driveway. Stefan is moving Silas's body. Supposedly. Yeah, or so he thinks. He's moving Silas's body from Damon's car to an SUV. And Damon comes outside and he says, oh, hi. Because he's like, you eavesdropping on that, huh? Stefan says, do you think the quarry will be deep enough to bury Silas? And Damon says, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to stumble on him there. And then Damon says, hey, uh, do you want me to? And Stefan says, it's all right. I got Lexi coming with me. Probably shouldn't go anywhere alone. I mean, I know you think he's rock, but he is all powerful. They could not have known what effect this would have, but you shouldn't be burying Silas alone. Like he shouldn't be going alone. And even if someone should go alone, they couldn't know. But Stefan is the last choice who should be going alone. I know Silas is in the trunk like, oh, fuck yes. He said, oh, my God. Great day for Elena to say she's in love with Damon. (laughs) So I said, these people help me out every day. Damon says, right. And he starts to go inside. And Stefan says, hey, Damon, I'm not happy about Elena, but I'm not not happy for you either. I just want you to know that. That was very sweet. Yeah, that's pretty much as sweet as I would expect him to be. More sweet than I would expect him to be because I would have been mean. (laughs) Yeah, it's raw right now, but Stefan still takes time to be nice. And Damon says, thanks, brother. And he goes. Then we go to the cave where Bonnie's doing her spell. We check in there. Jeremy finds Bonnie and he says, I needed to see you. And she says, well, I need to close the veil. Hybrids, hunters, blah, blah, blah. He says, yeah, I get it. I'm ready. I just wanted to be with you when it happened. He said, fuck my sister. Yeah. And Bonnie says, did you and Elena? And he says, I can't. I can't say goodbye to her. We said no tears and I left her a letter. She'll find when this is all over. I'm ready. Now, this is so fucked up because- First of all, you said no tears. She said, no, crying is actually very good for me. And remember the last time that you died without saying goodbye? Do you remember how she handled that? Yeah. It was bad. But whatever. Obviously, it will end up not mattering. (laughs) Bonnie starts her spell to close the veil. And then we start seeing people disappear. We go over to the Salvador house. Rick is looking out the window and he's like, moon's full. And Damon says, yeah. And Rick says, hey, where's Elena? And Damon says, oh, she went to go find Bonnie and Jeremy. She's worried about the time. She should be. (laughs) With good reason. And Rick smiles. He says, hey, you got the girl, man. And Damon says, I got the girl. They're smiling. Because Damon's like in disbelief. Because this has never happened for him. He said, no one has ever picked me over Stefan before. Rick says, no, don't screw it up. And Damon says, well, with you looking over my shoulder, how can I? Rick disappears. I was in pain. Because I was like, well, Rick's going to make it through this somehow. And then he left and I was like, no, no. You really thought Rick was going to stick around. I did. I really did. Do you think there's a chance that Rick can still come back from the dead? Or do you think he's... Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I'll say two words. Shadow self. I don't know how that can apply to Rick, but I'm going to pretend it can. Okay. Just like I pretended the veil could apply to Rick and it did. So (laughs) So here we are. (laughs) It's the same delusion. It's a new ingredient. (laughs) New formula. 
Then we go over to the road. Lexi's riding in the car with Stefan, and Lexi says, New York? And Stefan says, too close. She says, Vegas? He says, too touristy. And she says, look, I know you think I'm joking, but you are leaving. You just graduated for the millionth time. It's time to start living your life. Which she's right about that. Yeah, she's like, you need to stop going to high school. (laughs) She's like, move to a new place and don't go to high school there. I can't believe I have to say that. (laughs) Stefan says, well, what if Elena was the one? And Lexi says she was. And she will always be an epic love. But contrary to popular belief, there are actually multiple ones, especially for a vampire. And she's so right for that. I know she's so right. It's like, dude, you're immortal. immortal. You think this one teenager was the only person you'll ever love? Come on. Be serious. Lexi says the only way to find another one is to let go and move on. And then Stefan says, I've never been to Portland. And then he looks over and Lexi has disappeared. And he says, okay, see you, Lexi. Lexi said, I'm out of here. Yeah, Lexi says, Portland. She said, I'm out of there with that suggestion. Moving to Portland, are you even trying to be happy? (laughs) Then we go over to the boiler room. Elena comes in and she says, hey, Bonnie and Jeremy, you guys here? They're not, but Cole is. Cole appears, and this time, he only puts in one quip. He says, well, 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 speaking of unfinished business. And then he starts to fight, and he attempts to kill her pretty fast. Yeah. But unfortunately, not fast enough, he disappears. I know he like gets on the other side and he's in this room and he's like swinging at her. Of course, she can't feel it because he's on the other side, but he's pissed. He's swinging, punching the air. (laughs) Elena gets up and then she turns around and there's Catherine and Catherine says, happy graduation, cupcake. And they start to fight. Yeah, because Catherine's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not a ghost yet. (laughs) Then we go back to the cave and Bonnie says, it's almost closed. And Jeremy says, this is it. Yeah, she's been doing the spell already. What do you mean this is it? Yeah, you think she was just standing there? He's like, you didn't say Fismatos. <laughs> he says, there were a million things I wanted to say to you, but now nothing seems quite right. And Bonnie says, then don't say anything. And they kiss, yawn. I'm sorry, after a Claireline and a Delena scene, I cannot be forced to care about this couple. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm like, I'm engaged in these because I like Jeremy and I like Bonnie, but I like can't. Like, it's like, okay, if you guys want to kiss, sure. Do what makes you guys happy. I really don't give a fuck. Yeah. Then the candles go out. But Jeremy steps back and he like gasps. Which we haven't heard anyone else like make a noise. Yeah. And he says, what's happening? And Bonnie says, oh my God, it worked. She's like, I did a spell that brought you back. I didn't think it would work, but I closed the veil and you're still here. Yeah, because she tried the same spell. She's like, what's it going to do? Kill me again? Yeah, literally. (laughs) He says, I'm alive. And then she smiles and cries and she touches him and they're like so happy they're celebrating. And then he says, hey, hold on just a second. I can't feel your hand. Why can't I feel you? And she says, it's okay. And he says, what did you do? And he's like, this doesn't seem okay. This is this seems like you're a ghost, I fear. She says, look, I have the witches and my grams. You can see ghosts. We can talk whenever we want. And he says, no, you can't be dead. Well, frankly, the best person to be dead is Bonnie, because at least she can talk to someone on the other side. I know. And she can talk to Jeremy. Like, there are worse situations. He was perfectly fine having a ghost girlfriend a while back. It's just a new one, babe. I know. But she says, you know, do me this one favor. Tell Elena and Caroline that I'm spending the summer with my mom. And he says, I can't do that. They need to know. And she says, look, for the first time in forever, my friends are okay. I don't want to take that away from them. And he seems to accept this. Yeah. She walks away and then she looks back. and She says, I'm going to be okay. 
I promise. And she goes with her grams and they walk off into the distance. Sad day. So it looks looks like Bonnie's dead. So yeah, do you think Bonnie is dead for good? No. How long do you think it'll take her to come back to life? Like two episodes. Okay. <laughs> I think it could take longer because I think the most realistic scenario of her coming back is with Kitsia's help. But she'll be on the other side, so she can probably reach Kitsia. Yeah, exactly. I think it's pretty clear she'll be back. I guess we'll see. Then we go over to the Lockwood house. If you were confused why Matt was answering the door at such a fancy house, it's because he lives at Tyler's house now. I was confused about that. Oh, no, I know where he lives. I forgot. And I said, time for Matt and Rebecca. Our bottom tier couple. It's your turn, babe. (laughs) You guys earned it. You guys are below Bonnie and Jeremy. How's it feel? (laughs) Rebecca knocks on the door. Matt answers. He says, what are you doing here? She says, I just wanted to see if you were okay. You know, rough day and all. And Matt says, thanks. You know, I'd invite you in, but I promised Tyler I was going to keep this a low vampire zone. And she says, look, I know we were under duress today. So whatever plans we were making, I understand if you don't want to. And Matt says, you know, you and I, this isn't going to work. I need to keep my love life a low vampire zone too. Yeah, because he's got options out his ass. Yeah, come on. She says, I get it. And she starts to leave. And then he says, so whatever happens on the road stays on the road. All right. Because he's like, I would like the free vacation and I would like to have sex with you, but I don't want it to be like a long-term thing because I think you're crazy and it will turn around on me. Yes. Matt playing his cards right here. Matt kinging in a way. Yeah. He says, you know, that little wedding town in Italy, don't get any ideas about turning me into a vampire so we can live eternally ever after. Know what I mean? Good thing he said this. He's like, I feel like I have to say this. Don't turn me into a vampire in the wedding town, specifically. I do feel like that was good to say. Now, saying it doesn't preclude it. Yeah. But I do think, you know, he's setting his expectations. And she's just happy someone wants to hang out with her. It's never happened before. She says, are you saying? And he says, you know, I've never set one foot outside of this town. I have no college plans. No idea what the future holds for me. But I do know it's time to start truly living. And since you almost killed me this year, I figure it's your obligation to show me how. Also, just a housekeeping question. You are paying, right? Yeah. Because cards on the table, I can't for any part of it. And I feel like you know that, but I just want to make sure we say it. I don't want to get a Venmo request when we get back is what I'm saying. You can send one. I mean, it's never getting answered. I'll leave it in, you know, just in the notifications for years. And if you kill me because of that, so be it. I don't have a lot going on. I don't have much else to worry about. She accepts this deal because she is obsessed with him. And to be fair, she did try to kill him last year. I mean, she made a lot of progress. You got to give it to Rebecca. She pulled this off. By sheer force of will, she got this man to go on vacation with her. You know what? I'm proud of her. I respect her for it. She said, I want him and did not give up. Yeah. Now, why she picked him, I don't know, but that's not the that's not the matter at hand today. But it worked. Then we go back over to the school. Elena and Catherine continue to fight. Elena says, hey, what are you doing? And Catherine says, would you believe I'm having a bad day? Catherine tosses Elena into the lockers and chokes her with her foot. Like she yeah. puts her leg up on her heel. It's a high kick. It's slay. It's very slay, choking her with a stiletto. We love it. She says, you know, it all started when Bonnie denied me my Silas-like immortality. And Elena says, of course, because Catherine Pierce can't be happy with old vampire caliber immortality. Which is a great point. It's like, Catherine, come on, get over it. Like, it's really not that big a deal. You're already immortal. Like, (laughs) Stop provoking people. 
Yeah. You don't need to be extra immortal if you just kind of let people live their life. Honestly, just fucking move to New Orleans. I know that like Nina Dobrev can't physically be on the originals. Yeah. But I feel like why would Catherine not do that? Yes. I guess she doesn't want to hang out with Klaus, but. Yeah, she's where Klaus will kill her, uh, which he probably will just to be goofy, silly. Yeah. Elena tears a locker door off and hits Catherine in the face with it. And that poor kid came to school the next day and was like, what? Well, I guess there's no school the next day because graduation. But after the whole summer, he's like, I'm so excited. I'm going to go back to my locker. I have some new decorations. Oh, man. (laughs) And then they assign him a new locker and it's the one with a bunch of bourbon. (laughs) He's like, what the fuck? (laughs) He's, He's like, oh, slay. Catherine says, you know, I deserved that immortality. I never had a graduation or a prom or a life, but you did. You have everything. And it's not because you're a good little girl who deserves happiness. It's because you stole mine. But to be fair, though, Catherine, you were born in the 1490s and Elena was born in the 1990s. Like, them's the breaks. Yeah. It's not her fault that she was born when proms existed and you weren't. Like, that's just luck of the draw. Like, it's unfortunate, sure. Like, if we're going to harp on graduation and prom, like, there's nothing Elena could have done to prevent that. She was just born. And yeah, it's obnoxious that you have a doppelganger who is now the main character and you were the main character for a long time. Yeah. That's got to be a rude awakening because she's, you know, boring compared to you and not wearing enough heels for your taste. But it's not really like a killable offense. Every man you've ever met has been in love with you. Let go of Stefan and Damon. And also because she doesn't even want Stefan. Like the yeah. the brother you want is still up for grabs. Which, you know, she's not necessarily kept up with the love triangle as a whole, but like, you didn't want Damon. Like, you're good. Yeah, I just, it's like, okay, girl, it's really not that serious. But Catherine is not always known for, you know, well, I guess that's the thing is she's usually known for being pretty rational. Yeah, this is much more of a Rebecca vibe from her. Yeah, the breakup's really hitting her. What was Elijah doing to her? What was Elijah slaying in? I know. I, I know Elijah was laying it down, bitch. She's like you with Elijah. But he comes on screen. She said, hurt I emoji. Yeah, she literally does. <laughs> Elena says, okay, hold on. I stole your happiness. You literally killed my brother. And Catherine says, okay. Yeah, I'll admit that was nasty. And also, Catherine, you're the reason that Jenna got put in the situation where Klaus killed her. Let's not forget that. And you turn Caroline into a vampire against her will. Like, let's face it, if we're going hit for hit, like, Catherine has done much more to Elena than Elena has done to Catherine. Catherine's just upset that Elena has a boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Which is so slight. Girl, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So Catherine throws Elena's head into a window and then throws her on the ground. And Catherine grabs a wooden mop handle. And she says, I have nothing, but I'm about to change that. She kicks Elena and Elena says, kicking someone while they're down. Classy till the end, Catherine. Catherine says, yeah, your end, bitch. And she stakes her in the neck. Elena seems to like sort of faint because, you know, there's a stick in her neck. Yeah, she's like choking on blood. Yeah. And while she faints, she has a flashback to earlier when she was talking to Stefan about the cure. And she's saying like, you deserve to get everything you want out of life. You deserve this. And then we see a part of the scene we didn't see earlier. And Stefan says, I'm glad you're okay with who you are now. But every single thing I did to get this, I did for you so that the choice to be a vampire or not would always be yours. So he gives the cure back to her. So now we know that Elena has the cure in her possession still. Mm -hmm. And then we come back to the hallway because Catherine has taken the wooden stick out of Elena's neck, so she comes to. And she's ready to go get it in the hut. She said it's time for the kill shot. Mm -hmm. Catherine 
bends down, reaches in to Elena's chest to grab the heart. She tries to get her one last quip in, always someone's undoing. She says, bye-bye, little girl. Elena fumbles with her jacket and then force feeds the cure to Catherine. My jaw dropped. She puts it in Catherine's mouth. We hear the glass shatter and we see the liquid in the cure, like in Catherine's mouth. And then Catherine passes out next to Elena. And Elena says, have a nice human life, Catherine. She slayed there. Look, when Elena slays, she slays hard. Yeah. This was iconic move. And I have to say, before it was revealed Elena had the cure, I'll tell you where I thought this scene was going. I thought, because, you know, it's clear Bonnie's somehow coming back. Yeah. So I kind of am like, if people die, we can get around that a little bit. So I thought Catherine was fully going to kill Elena and try to take her place, which would have been a good guess for the end of the episode. Yeah. Even though in my mind, I was like, that's never worked. Catherine cannot fake Elena for that long. She can do it for a while, but like Stefan usually catches her. And she can do it for some people, but I think especially given since Elena has just confessed her love to Damon, it will be harder. Yeah. But that's where I thought it was going for a bit. Yes. It's iconic that they use the cure on Catherine because I think, and we touched on this when we were talking about predictions about the cure. You mentioned something like, it doesn't make sense for someone who wants the cure to have it. It's more likely that it's going to be force fed to someone. You said that at the time. Don't know if you remember that. Go me. Slayed that one. (laughs) Slay. It's just more dramatic tension. And Catherine is kind of the best person to get it because she is the one who wants it literally the least. Yeah. Like, I know she's mad. So knowing now who has the cure, does that change any of your theories about what exactly the implications of taking the cure are? How do you think her life's going to be? Do you think there's going to be some side effects? The obvious question with it being Catherine is, wouldn't Catherine just try to turn back into a vampire? And I'm going to guess the cure makes that unlikely because it's boring if she can just immediately turn into a vampire. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, why would she try that? And if she tried it, she'd just die, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I do think this also, given Catherine's motivation here of like, Elena stole my life. Like there may be a part of her that's like, you know what? Let's give the human thing a try for a while. Elena pulled it off somehow. Maybe that's what I meant to do for a bit. I mean, I do think if she could, she would just kill Elena. But unfortunately, that just got a lot harder for her. Yeah, now that Elena's a vampire and she's a human. And she hasn't been a human for 600 years. So she's not going to be used to it. Yeah. It's going to be a a very big change for her. There's going to be some growing pains. Do you think she'll stick around in Mystic Falls? Or do you think she'll go somewhere else? I think she'll stick around in Mystic Falls for a little bit. Because it's more interesting for us as the audience. It's more interesting for us to see it, but it's also like, I think she'll have a harder time running away from things when she's not a vampire. Because, you know, Catherine's the type, like, do you think she's paid for anything in years? No. She's not signed a lease in years. Like, I think, frankly, she's not going to know what to do. She doesn't know how to do anything without compulsion. Like, she hasn't built a credit score. Yeah. She doesn't know how to drive. She doesn't have a job. Like, at that point, it's like, I might as well stay at the Salvador house because what else am I going to fucking do? Yeah. And I'm no longer a danger to them. And also, you know, it's typical Catherine. She's not a danger to them. But, you know, Stefan, quote unquote, will be there. And she can still ruin Elena's life as a human. Yeah. It's easier as a vampire, but she can still mess with a lot as a human. Yeah, she can still be a bitch. She can get pregnant out of spite now. Yeah. It's a classic move. <laughs> And so this scene, already a huge, big, dramatic cliffhanger for the show, would have been 
a fine way to end the episode. But we're not done. We're not done here. We go over to the quarry. Stefan arrives. He's got the trunk open. He takes the body out of the trunk, but he's a little suspicious. When he takes it, it's moving a little more than usual. Like, you can clock it. It sounds more like a bag of bricks than like a statue. And they didn't take my, you know, suggestion of taking the pickaxe to him. So I know that that's not the situation. Stefan opens the bag and a bunch of the stone pieces are broken. And he says, okay. Just doesn't even look like a body anymore. It just looks like a bunch of random pieces of cement. Yeah, and basically what we find out is he like broke out of the casing. And then we hear Elena's voice and it says, don't bother, I'm not in there. He appears as Elena. And Stefan's like, oh my God. Stefan says, can we do another one? Can it not be Elena? I can't look at you. But Silas, if he's one thing, he's a menace. So Stefan says, Silas, you were stone. Like they saw you, the spell worked. And Silas says, yeah, that's the funny thing about spells is that they are bound by nature and nature demands balance. So every spell has a loophole. The spell that turned me into stone was bound by a witch, a living witch. And so when that witch died, the spell broke, which is even funnier, which means like Silas has been laying in that trunk completely still for like 24 hours waiting to make his move. Yeah. He's like, I just need Stefan in the car. Again, one thing about Silas, he's patient. Yeah. He could have rushed out any day and gone and messed with graduation. But no, he said, this isn't my day. Yeah. He could have run and killed all of them today and they wouldn't have even noticed. But no, he said, I'm going to be patient. Something will present itself to me. Yeah. Stefan says, but Bonnie's not dead. And Silas is like, well, I have some bad news for you, King. Silas says, well, it doesn't matter, does it? Silas just pushes past that because he's like, I have nothing to say about Bonnie. And Silas says, and here's where the mystery of me comes full circle. I created the immortality spell 2,000 years. So he created it, not Ketsia, as we've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. He says, I could never die. So nature needed to find a balance, a version of me that could die a shadow self, a doppelganger. This is background to doppelgangers. Yeah. And Stefan says, so this is your real face, Elena's face. He says, you're another one of them. Because that is a fair thought because we don't know how the Petrova doppelganger line started. And it's the only doppelganger at this point we've ever heard of. Yeah. But then Silas says, not exactly. And then in the window of the curve, we can see his face has turned into Stefan. And at this point, I'm confused. I'm like, what is happening to me? You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Silas says, hello, my shadow self. And he's giving like void styles. Like he has yes. from Teen Wolf. Like he has bags under his eyes. It's Stefan, but a little more menacing. So now we know that Silas's real face is Stefan's face. Because this whole time, Stefan's been a doppelganger. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And he didn't even know. He didn't even know. Which means there's other... Guys who look like that running around. <laughs> Catherine gets this news and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Silas stakes Stefan in the stomach. And Silas says, hey, do you have any idea what it's like to starve for 2,000 years? And Stefan's like, I fear I'm about to find out. Yeah. But then they have, they brought the safe to put Silas in, which was actually really smart. Unfortunate for them now. I think, you know, if Stefan hadn't been here, Silas could easily have just like, wait until the safe went under and tried to break out. I don't know if it would have worked, but whatever. Yeah. So Silas puts Stefan in the safe and drops it in the quarry. And we see the water fill up as the safe sinks and Stefan drowns. And that is where we end the episode and end the season. Craziness. So how is Stefan going to get out of this one? I mean, the thing about Silas, I think he can 
last as Stefan for a while because to all of their knowledge, Silas is cement. But we have to remember that now they have someone on the other side who could potentially be aware of this, Bonnie. But here's the other thing that we have to think about. Mm -hmm. So people on the other side are not like omniscient. Like they don't know everything that's going on all the time. They go, they see what they happen to see. Yeah. And the other thing is that Stefan has been talking about leaving town and Elena just dumped him and got with Damon. And so like the expectation is that like Stefan's going to head out of town for a while. And so Silas doesn't even have to pretend to be Stefan. He can just leave. And no one's really going to ask questions for a while, presumably. I, I mean, I think for a while, if Silas wanted to leave, but I think he's going to want to stick around because it's the show and he's the villain. And I think, yes, Stefan talked about leaving town, but Stefan talks about leaving town all the time. Like, that's not necessarily set in stone. And sure. even if Bonnie personally didn't witness this, like, she can talk to other people on the other side. It's not crazy that, like, the news of Silas being around still, like that baseline news would travel to her. Mm -hmm. And I do think the other thing with Silas is like, he's always talking about himself. And that happened a lot because he had stuff he needed. If he doesn't have stuff he needed, he can maybe hide that a little longer. Mm -hmm. But he's pretty good at acting like someone, but we've only seen him do it in short periods. Like if he's switching to living as Stefan, like things could come out. Well, I mean, here's the question, too, is what is Silas's goal now? That is the question. That might inform some of his later interactions is like, what is Silas sticking around to do? His goal has been to take the cure. Well, he wanted the veil dropped so he could take the cure and die and be with his true love. The veil's back up. The cure is gone. So how's he getting to that true love? It's a great question. I don't know how. But you think that's still going to be his goal? I think... Yes, because I don't think there's enough reason for revenge in this case. The only person he would probably want revenge on is Bonnie, and yeah, she's dead. There is a potential, too, that he faces this as like, I can't be with my one true love, but now I have another chance to find love that, like as the stoppelganger. Like now I'm out and I have a life. He has a life built and I can find love in a different way. And we, you know, notably still don't know who his one true love was, what she looked like. And I think I've said this before, there has to be an original Petrova doppelganger or an original Petrova. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that he's looking for her. That's fair. That's fair. How long do you think it will take our heroes to get Stefan out of the safe where he is drowning for eternity? I mean, I think we've got like five or six episodes. I think it's going to take them a while. So in the space, in the time frame of the show, like a week. <laughs> well, so I do think, you know, from Bonnie saying, tell Caroline and Elena, I'm like staying with my mom for the summer or whatever. I think we're going to come back in the new season, like two, three months later. I, I think not right as called just during, but maybe a little before kind of setting up where people are going, what people are doing, all that. And I think it will take them a little bit of time to deal with like, Bonnie's dead what the fuck why didn't anyone tell us and then also get to this like realization about Stefan so I think it'll be another in like I think like six months total will be in this safe just drowning constantly just drowning sucks do you think Stefan deserves this no I don't hate Stefan enough to think he should be drowning on repeat for months <laughs> like I'm not crazy I also do want to add I saw a meme on my Facebook page a while ago that I just realized is funnier than I thought it was. 
<laughs> what is it? I don't know if you've seen. So there's this picture of, I, I don't know if they're always together, but it's a picture of like some people having fun in the pool and then a person drowning behind them. And then another picture of like a skeleton sitting on the chair in the bottom of a pool. And yeah. the people having fun in the pool, it says da- like da- in season five, Damon and Elena. And then the person drowning is Bonnie. And then the skeleton sitting in the chair is Stefan. And as I just realized how funny that is, like, I thought it was just like Stefan's depressed. Yeah, you still thought it was funny. Like, I just read it as like, like we'd see Elena and Damon dating. But I, I just realized that it was even funnier. I know that meme is funny. I want to add one thought that I wrote down that I'm getting less confident of every second. I would love to hear it. Because I... Like, I'm still in this place where we haven't gotten a lot of the lore of this shadow self thing. And if that shifts from doppelgangers, like, if those are the same or if they are, like, if there's a distinction. Sure. I did want to have a longer discussion about doppelgangers, so I'm glad you bring this up. Okay. Because I was like, has there been, like, essentially an evil twin, quote unquote, of Stefan floating around? But I think what we're meant to believe is, like, this has been Silas and he, like, Silas has been in there the whole time. So is there maybe another doppelganger? Because I had to go back to, because I swear this guess or this information is going to be used in some important way. Stefan's dead uncle. From the 1950s? From the 1950s. Again, my thought of this was I was still figuring out the shadow self doppelganger thing. That's like, well, maybe Stefan's shadow self killed his uncle. And that's who's in the picture. But maybe how many doppelgangers could possibly be alive that Stefan wouldn't even know about? Because you would think he would know about his uncle. Yeah, so let's talk about doppelgangers. That's why you didn't, you couldn't have known this at the time we started this podcast. That's why I like the name doppelgangers for this podcast, because we really get into doppelganger lore. Yeah. Here's what we know about doppelgangers, is that it is designed that one is alive at one time. Mm-hmm. But because Catherine became a vampire, like that, she stopped being a doppelganger, but she didn't stop being alive. And that's why she's able to be alive at the same time as Elena. So we can assume if Stefan is a doppelganger, which we've been told at this point he is. Mm-hmm. And if doppelgangers operate kind of similarly to how Elena's, you know, stuff does, we can assume there might possibly be another Stefan running around right now. Yeah, because once he turned into a vampire, there could be another one around. You know, Elena and Catherine, like, there wasn't like a set time that had to pass. It just seems like after enough time, another one is alive. Mm-hmm. So here's my other question. For the longest time, it's kind of felt like Elena, like Catherine, like the Petrova doppelganger line is the only doppelganger line that exists. Now that that has been bust open, do you think anyone else is a doppelganger that we just don't know about yet? That's a great question. I mean, we have to entertain the possibility of Damon mm-hmm. because they're brothers. That's a great point. We just have to think about that. I don't know so much about the rest of the people, but you would think then if it's siblings that there's a potential that Jeremy is too. Great point. Because no offense to Jeremy, like why bring him back out of all the ghosts? Why him over Alaric? Yeah. Why him over Alaric? Like there has to be a plot device for him and it's mm-hmm. not Dayton Bonnie. So. <laughs> well, and we've also got, you know, evil Alaric and good Alaric. Like Alaric could potentially be a doppelganger as well. Yeah. And this divide between like, you know, we've kind of talked about doppelgangers in the sense of like they are opposed because it's like why are two people who look the same up and moving at the same time and that's why this kind of like Catherine's the evil one Elena's the good one like there doesn't have to be an evil and a good one but you have to just like the way balance works like if they're both alive at the same time like they are going to be opposed in some way 
Yeah. So that kind of evil good divide between doppelgangers, I think, is something that must be common. That's a great point. So let's move into season five predictions. Mm -hmm. What do you think we're going to see? Do you think we're going to see death, returning characters, plot lines? Now we have Silas as kind of this main villain. Mm -hmm. What do you see coming up? I I do think the season is going to start in sort of a doppelganger chapter, because I think with this introduction of Silas as Paul Wesley, there's going to be a lot of lore to cover because this is a general intro, but I think we have a lot of discussion of doppelgangers to have. Side note, fans, weren't we all giggling, giggling at all the times I made Stephanie try to speculate who they were going to cast? As- <laughs> and last episode when you said, do you think Silas is bald? You're, you're so funny. So, so funny. Let me tell you, because I already looked at Vampire Diaries wiki for season five. The first chapter of season five is the doppelgangers chapter. So you hit the nail on the head. I knew I ate with that one. I was like, there's no way that's wrong. (laughs) And it wasn't. It was actually completely right. And so I think with that, we're going to be dealing with, you know, the Kath and Elena pair, especially as we shift from Kath and vampire Elena human to Kath and human Elena vampire and that good and evil balance. Like, I think that's a way to get into some of the doppelganger intro because it's not like we're going to know right away that Silas is Silas. Like, I think he's going to be able to keep the lid on that for a little bit. But, you know, once we get Stefan out of the safe, because I don't think he's going to be in that safe for the rest of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly hope not. I don't think I'm crazy with that. Like, I think we'll get into that touch of like, how is there another doppelganger around that we didn't know about? How did we not know in my like 160 years of life that I'm a doppelganger, you know? And what does that mean? And I think there's, you know, this potential for, I kind of touched on this a little, Bonnie on the other side to get sort of a deeper understanding of like how magic happens and what magic does when she inevitably comes back somehow. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. She's my new one. Although I'm more sure that she's coming back than Alurk. At this point, do you think Alaric will be back in season five? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Why not? I'm not convinced. I was really convinced he'd be back in season four. And that, you know, wasn't fully wrong. You were right and wrong. Yeah. I'm less convinced about season five, but we have this potential for this other side balance to shift with, you know, Bonnie over there and Jeremy back where he can, you know, talk to the other side. So in theory, like he could still talk to Alaric whenever he wants. That's true. Jeremy seems to have maintained his medium capabilities, evidenced by the fact that he could talk to Bonnie. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that other side, real world balance. I think that kind of like those nature's loopholes that let Silas come out of this stone state, the loopholes that make doppelgangers exist are something that's going to be kind of the main thread. Mm -hmm. Do you think... We're going to college next season? Short answer, no. Okay. I think, because I don't think they're leaving Mystic Falls, it may also be a case that we do a time jump next season. We have to, like, entertain that possibility after high school graduation. Like, I think it would be insane. But there's a chance that we come back to Mystic Falls after college graduation and Stefan's been there the whole time. (laughs) He's just spent four years drowning in the quarry. And Silas was just quiet for four years? Or I guess maybe he took over. I don't think it's going to happen, but we have to consider that possibility. You know, there's no way Caroline's not going to college in some way or another. But there's also this point of like, if you're a vampire, you can go to college anytime. Like you don't need to get it done. 
mm-hmm. and you don't even really need to go. I think Caroline would like to go for like the experience of it. But I also think when Elena and Caroline inevitably find out that Bonnie's dead, yeah. that's going to put a damper on their triple dorm room idea. Yeah. Every season we meet new characters. Do you think we'll be meeting new characters in season five? And if so, what kind of characters do you think we'll meet? I think there is a potential for new characters in some sort of college setting. There's the university near Mystic Falls that Shane was a professor at. They could make a choice there. That opens up the possibility to new people. I think if Matt does indeed spend the summer in Europe, he could come back with some new friends. Rebecca could go back to New Orleans (laughs) or could go to New Orleans, I guess not back. (laughs) So I think those are the main places where we would pull people from. Or, you know, maybe... Tyler comes back, he brings a friend from wherever he was. He made one friend before, why not one more? And by one before, I mean Haley. <laughs> yes, I know. Do you think anyone's going to get a new love interest? I mean, if Bonnie pops back, I think it's it's high time for her. I think we're going to be shifting further and further towards Steriline. You know, I, I think it's going to take us a second because we got to get him out of that damn safe first. <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay. So when do you think, you think Steriline's on the horizon? Yeah. And I think there's a potential, uh, I'll just say this, that Caroline's the one who figures out like that's not Stefan. Oh, interesting. Because I think, frankly, I think Damon can be tricked pretty easily. Elena's not exactly going to want to hang out with Stefan considering she just dumped his ass. And Caroline and Stefan have gotten to be pretty close friends and they know each other pretty well. And I think Caroline's going to be like, hmm, like she's going to notice that kind of stuff. That's an interesting point. I want to ask, because we talked about a Claroline kiss, when can we expect a Steriline kiss, do you think? Not till the end of season five. Name an episode. The finale. If that, I think it's more likely season six. Name an episode in season six, then. Five. You think I'm going to have to wait over a season for a Steriline kiss? I do. But that's because, like, she needs to break up with Tyler, and then she needs to kiss Klaus. Like, Stefan has to be open and willing to fall in love. And then she has to kind of see him in a new light. It's going to take some time. I certainly hope it's quicker than that. Well, you would know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. You would know when you have to wait till. You can go search it up on YouTube anytime. I I could. And I have. And I will continue to do so. Um, And I do know how long I'm going to have to wait. And I certainly hope it's not more than a season. But I guess we'll see, won't we? I think it is. I think we got some time there. But now let's do what we do at the end of every season which is let's do a little end of season recap. Season four, as I've mentioned a million times, is my favorite season. I do think that the show does start to go downhill from here. It's okay. It's season five. That happens with every teen drama. I know. There's only so long we can sustain it. I do think, though Silas is an interesting villain, and I think we'll see him get more interesting, I do think this is the first time we've seen a villain that is a step down from the previous villains. In terms of like interesting wise, I think Catherine and Klaus were so iconic that it's hard to match that. And Silas does a pretty good job, but I do still think of those three, he is in third place. But I will say we're not out of iconic villains. There are still iconic villains to come on this show. But Klaus is just above and beyond iconic in a way that it would be impossible to meet. And I will warn you, we do start to see some Not so iconic villains. Well, yeah. I already sat through Michael and Esther. I'll do it again. It gets worse than Michael and Esther. (laughs) I do know, because I remember when you watched this, you told me this. Oh, no. When I wasn't like worried about spoilers. And 
This is like the only thing I remember. And you'll hear it and you'll be like, that's not even bad. I think at some point there's like a spell that they're outrunning is like literally the story. Like literally outrunning. We'll see. I vaguely remember that idea. Interesting. Anyway, I love season four. We're at, to me, the highest heights. Now that we've seen four seasons, rank the four seasons in order of your favorites. Let's do that. Well, the second season is my favorite. I know that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to debate because the third season I liked, but I, it did feel a little less like rounded as a season. Like it felt like they got a lot of, which I think is probably what people say about season four, but it felt like there were a lot of different things they were trying to touch on that it felt like multiple different like arcs rather than one big arc throughout, which like this season was very much like Elena's a vampire is the bigger and everything else is kind of a extension of that. But I think... It's hard because I haven't seen season one in a long time. Yes. But I'm going to rank season one last just because like it was the earliest one. Mm -hmm. The stakes have risen so much since season one. I will say the first time you go back to watch season one after you've made it through eight seasons, everything is so small potatoes. It's like Pretty Little Liars. It's like you guys should not be stressing about this. You've got so much worse to come. Well, and I think... I think I would feel different if I was rewatching season one, but I think in terms of what's been fun to watch, like I'm thinking of the most recent. So I think two, four, three, one is my ranking, but that's by no means set because again, mm-hmm. I just think the first one is like its own thing, but I really liked this season. I liked it more than season three personally. I mean, and I will say about season one, like you don't get two, three and four without having the yes. foundation built in season one as much as those are better. I think my ranking goes four, three, two, one of these first four. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rank the other four in my ranking. Yeah, obviously. What are some of your favorite episodes from this season? Let's do, let's walk down memory lane a bit, shall we? It is crazy to think about how far back we get. Like, we didn't know what the five was before this season. That's crazy to think about. I know. Isn't that crazy? I do think we have to. Uh, you know, at the time, I wasn't ready to see it, but I do think Stand By Me has to be one of the best ones. Oh, it's, I mean, pretty darn good. It is heartbreaking, but it is one of the best episodes of the show. As well as Bring It On, those two together, I think. What a pair. Because we really get a fun sense of Elena without her humanity on that's just very exciting. I also loved American Gothic when they're in small town Pennsylvania. Yes. That's a lot of fun. I did love After School Special, which is when Rebecca traps them in the school when she just comes back. And of course, we have to be a fan of the Christmas episode. I mean, how can you not? That's iconic. And I mean, My Brother's Keeper. That's the one where Damon and Elena do have sex. Oh. And we realize that they are a sired. I mean, that episode is fantastic. Yeah. And I think this finale, I just like really loved. This finale is a really great finale. Like The Departed, which was the finale of last season, Mm -hmm. it is very well-rounded. It gets a lot of information out and it gets like really great cliffhangers to the point that honestly, if I saw this and I had to wait like six months for season five, yeah, I would have been inconsolable, bitch. Yeah, I would have been mad. I would be like going about my day. And I would remember, like, Stefan's in his safe country. Like, Stefan's stuck down there. What's anyone doing about that? <laughs> what is Joe Biden's plan for <laughs> Stefan being stuck in his safe? At the time, it would be, what's, what is Obama's plan? <laughs> yeah, literally, what is Obama's plan for this? 
what is Obama doing? <laughs> One of my absolute favorite moments in the whole season two was killing Matt to get Elena's humanity back on. It was just wonderful planning by Taman. Very iconic. And also, I mean, one of the most iconic moments of the season is when Connor shoots Tyler at that big town funeral. I make jokes about it, but it's because it was iconic. He flew back. It was like a Quentin Tarantino movie. And the first episode of season four, where we're dealing with Elena being a vampire and it takes us so long to get through her transition. And that's already dramatic enough. And then we end with that first massacre that we have no idea of what's going on at the time. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, what the fuck is this season about to be? Well, yeah, it's such a switch up because it's like, oh, we're back to the council being the big villain of the season. Cool. And then they're all dead. And it's like, and then boom, mass suicide. It's like, wow, you guys didn't do a great job on that, huh? I mean, there's a lot of great episodes in this season. And also this season, you know, teen dramas do this is as they go on, they become more self-referential and more funny. I think this season has some laugh out loud funny moments, especially in the part where we're dealing with Elena's humanity being off. I mean, oh yeah, we have a lot of fun in this season that, I mean, it's not like we weren't having fun in the early seasons, but like things were much more dire and scary in season two. And at this point, everyone's having a little bit more fun. Well, because at this point, like, it's not like no one can die anymore, but it's kind of like we've killed most of the side characters that we can kill without killing like someone really major. And we've killed most of the major people too. Yeah, it does feel like we have kind of our core group at this point. Yeah. Who feels safe. Now, whether they should, I don't know. Yeah, but it's like to the point that it's like Bonnie dies, but I'm like, well, obviously we're going to sort that out. Yeah. And like Stefan is thrown into safe and it's like, we're going to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, which like I said about Jeremy anyway. But... Yeah. But we, yeah, we get a lot of fun of like, relationships i feel like the caroline elena relationship is so goofy in this season we get a lot of rebecca being insane in new ways and really a big win for her at the end like what a ride she goes through she really came out on top it's a good thing she she said no you know what i'm not gonna spin off because i'm inches away from that and at the time we giggled but she was right <laughs> she knew i love that for her she knew she trusted herself who were some of your favorite new characters this season? A rundown of new characters we've met. Pastor Young. April Young. Atticus Shane. Atticus Shane's wife. Silas. Adrian. Connor. Vaughn. Alexander. We've really spent more time with Cole than we've met him before. Mm-hmm. Rudy Hopkins. Uh, who are some of your favorite new characters? Well, Rudy Hopkins. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Give a fuck about him. One thing about me is... Knowing that he is in the rearview mirror, I have a lot of appreciation for Atticus Shane. He makes me giggle. He does. He was crazy. And the thing about him is he was so stupid in such a fun way. In such a specific way. He just believed everything the wrong people told him. But in another way about Shane, though, is he was so smart because he was able to really manipulate a lot of people. Like, he's really the reason the cure got out. Yeah. He just, he really fumbled it at the end. Yes. Because he saw too much of his wife in that fucking cave. That'll do it every time. That'll get you every time. Like, it just, it got him. But he, you know, he really put a lot of stuff in motion in a fun way. Though I don't like him, I appreciate what his character did for the show. And I personally, like, love Silas. I think he is an iconic villain. I think he, in people's general opinion 
falls below Klaus and Catherine. And on paper, I do agree that as a villain, he's the first time we've seen a villain not get better. But I also think he stays a pretty good level. And I do think the shape-shifting, I mean, you know, call it shape-shifting if you want. Yeah. I think that was a really interesting tool that they used really effectively. And they made him a very scary villain. Well, I think they've done interesting stuff all through the season to kind of lead up to it, like the Hunter's Curse and being very much about mind games and like, you're never safe. Like Klaus was scary because it's like, he'll just kill people. Mm -hmm. I do think Klaus and Catherine are more iconic because they're more charismatic, but I think Silas is scarier than both of them. I agree. Because I do think Klaus and Catherine, at the end of the day, they are drawn by emotions. Like, on one level, they're like, I'll kill anyone who wrongs me. But on another level, they're like, you were mean to me once you wronged me. It's like, yeah, that's not really. <laughs> Even when Klaus did body swaps, like when he was in Alaric's body, you could tell immediately it was him because he was like, wow, this Klaus guy is crazy. And Damon said, eh, not really. And he said, what? Like, he immediately got self-conscious. Like, Silas isn't wasting his time with that. Silas doesn't really care. I mean, and again, Silas's big thing is he does bring up his name a lot. But the thing is, is, like, Silas is pretty rational, and he's not too proud the way that Catherine and Klaus are, in that he spent plenty of time letting Bonnie think she was smarter than him. Yeah. Klaus never wanted anyone to think they were smarter than him, even if it would benefit him for them to think that. Yeah, because he wanted to be known as more powerful. Like, Klaus or Catherine, if they had been in stone and suddenly not been stone in a trunk, they would have gotten up right right then and there. No yeah. thought about it whatsoever. Silas said, no, I can use this to my advantage. Yeah. That is what is kind of iconic about Silas. And he is scary because he is actually very good at impersonating other people. Yeah. Like when Klaus did his body swaps, didn't get away with it very long. Catherine can only do Elena for so long. Yeah. But Silas, one of Silas's most iconic moments is when he was as Stefan, which you have to believe that that was because he feels so comfortable in his own skin. When he said to Damon, like, me and Elena actually have history. You have a one night stand fueled by the sire bond. Like, yeah. you don't have a real relationship. And he ate Damon alive. That was so iconic, Silas, but also iconic because it was true to the character that he was playing. Yeah, he can really get in ahead and get right to what is painful for you. Yes. And he'll step right on it. Whereas like Klaus is not good at that because he has too many of his own insecurities. And if he comes at too many of yours, you're going to catch one of his. Yeah. All you have to do with Klaus is say like, okay, well, you're going to die alone. Yeah. Be like, okay, well, your dad didn't love you. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll kill you, but you'll get him. Yeah. But that'll affect him for like three weeks. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you went up to Silas and you were like, I bet your dad didn't love you. He'd be like, so what? My dad's a loser. Yeah. And I do think there's a potential, I think, for Silas to grow as an interesting villain in this, again, Boyd Styles kind of space. Like, we saw Dylan O'Brien do a, an Emmy-worthy performance in that season of Teen Wolf. Talking about the Emmys. Now, that wasn't Emmy-deserved. Tyler Posey, no Emmy. Great work. Love what you did with the character. No, no Emmy. Emmy needed. Dylan O'Brien gets an Emmy, and he can have my number if you would like it as well. Yeah. Uh, he can have anything from me. I'll give you my dog. On the bottom of an Emmy is my phone number. <laughs> And Joseph Morgan can have that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the Bob, honestly. Yeah, sure. Pass it along. <laughs> Another thing we always like to talk about, best death. There were some iconic deaths in this season. The one that is most recent in my mind, which I have to talk about, is, of course, Klaus decapitating a woman with a graduation cap. 
I mean, that's iconic. And that's something only Klaus would do. But I think when we look back at iconic deaths, one thing that I also come back to is the Christmas hybrid slaughter. Yeah, with the Christmas music and a sword. With Oh Holy Night playing in the background. And we have to we have to talk about Carol Lockwood. I mean, oh yes. There is something so insane about Klaus drowning someone. It's so personal as a vampire. He could again, he can decapitate her with any object. He could pull out her heart. Drowning her is sociopathic. Yeah, that's insane. And iconic. And rest in peace, Carol Lockwood, we are sad that you died. Yeah. But you went out with a bang, bitch. Yeah, you got something iconic out of it. Another one, you know, I do think it's iconic to have Bonnie's death in this way. Because, you know, we've had kind of like, Bonnie died for a second, or Bonnie fake died, or blah, 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 blah. And for her to, like, turn around and be like, oh, that is my dead body right there. And I mean, this has all been ramping up with Bonnie. She's been testing the limits of magic for some time now. Yeah. So it's like that was kind of earned by you. Like you have been embracing dark magic, pushing beyond the bounds of what anyone tells you you should be doing. Being told expression isn't safe and still doing it. Mm -hmm. And just like being all too confident. And then, of course, we have to talk about this one's a little bit of a layup, but best couple i mean this is a claroline season it's clear i was like are you gonna try to tell me it's delana it's claroline because here's the thing again like we talked about we spend so much of this season in kind of a delana cold period mm-hmm. and though i personally love steriline we're not ready for steriline yet mm-hmm. this is a claroline season and i do ship claroline though i can't say that i ship claroline is what i'll say mm-hmm. And I do ship Steriline. I am a woman who contains multitudes. Yeah. This is a Claroline season. And honestly, I think it got out of Julie Plex's hands a little bit. I think she lost control of it. She was trying to cater to the fans who liked it. And then she was like, fuck, I I already signed the contract for a spinoff. They have too much chemistry. It's too powerful. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it. Because, look, I'm obviously responding to Delena. I'm always going to respond to Delena anything like that. And Claroline fits in that same realm. I mean, this is the bread and butter for what I would look for in a TV couple. It's Chuck and Blair. Yeah. But it's just, there's something special about it. I mean, and I will say, we've talked about before, obviously, like, Nina Brevini and Summer Halder were dating off screen, so that really helps their chemistry. I think I mentioned this at the time. Joseph Morgan did have a crush on Candace Akala King Hmm. at the time they were filming. At first, and then he got over it. Obviously, he ended up marrying Patricia White. But the thing is, like, these are just two good actors, bitch. Yeah. Not to diminish Nina Dobrev's incredible performance because she does deserve her Emmy. But they were dating. Yeah. Well, and to have that much chemistry, like, they never kiss. I got so pumped about a kiss on the cheek. That's power. Like, and it's not like I was not pumped when, like, Delena did their dance at Miss Mystic Falls. Like, that still worked for me. But I didn't scream in the same way I screamed when I saw Klaus kiss Caroline's cheek. And he's your first love, but I intend to be your last. Throw me off a bridge. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm just, I'm obsessed. I can see why the fan base is, is feral, why they're crazy. I'm crazy. You can see why these are the barbs of the Vampire Diaries universe. They have every right to be. It's honestly so good I didn't watch this in high school. I would have not been good. You would have been too gothic. 
you would have honestly worn fangs to school. I'm not even joking. Yeah, I would have. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> but overall, season four has been a wild ride from start to finish. It's been a fun one. I never knew where it was going, but at the end of it, like I love when I can look at a season and look back at the list of episodes and see the tie-ins to how the season ends very early on. Those themes were clear early, which like finding how they connected, like you had to get to this through the season to do it, but like be able to track that connective tissue all the way back is ideal. This season does get better upon rewatch, I will argue, because there's so much. They did a lot with it. They put a lot of lore in here. And once you know about the lore, obviously the beginning episodes get more interesting because you have more information that you didn't have at the time. And all the seasons, I think, benefit from a rewatch, particularly because of that. And the show in general benefits from a rewatch because it contextualizes so much more of the stuff. Yeah. As we go on, obviously, the lore starts to get to be a little much. Yeah. But I think we're still in the sweet spot as we end season four. Yeah. We'll see when we tip over. A bad season of a great show is still good. Yes. All these seasons are good. And any show, if season five is the best season of any show, that's shocking. That's for Housewives. I'll say it. Okay. I've said it before. I'll say it again. That might be the one. Season three is usually a big peak for a lot of shows. Yeah. Two and three are usually where shows peak. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that you still can't have great seasons. Because the peak of Pretty Little Liars was not four because of Ravenswood. It was five because of other reasons. But they still had an amazing season seven, I will argue. Yeah. So you can still get great shows. And even the bad seasons of shows can still be good. I have few complaints about the Vampire Diaries as a whole, but we'll get to them as we get to them. Well, and any of the complaints are also just because they started so strong. Yeah, I'm nitpicking. Because when you give me seasons one through four of this show, I can't continue to expect that quality, but now I've I've grown accustomed. But we're very excited to get into season five. We will be taking a week off between season four and season five because it is Thanksgiving time and also... We want a little break. And for the suspense, you know, we want you to experience what it was like to wait to see what happens to Stefan in that little safe. Yeah. I want you to be like going about your day and then all of a sudden be like, man, Stefan's still in that safe right now. You're just going to get a little microdose of it to make it feel real. So we'll be taking a week off after this week and then we will be back the week after that with the beginning of season five. And as always... If you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five-star rating reviews on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.